So anyway, so I was to that point of where I then I fell down the rabbit hole of CNN and all the news, and I was going through all like watching all those fucking Listen. kids interviews, and it's just it's horrendous, man. Oh, it's it's something it's caught it kept me awake, and it's it's had me very you know frustrated and thinking about like you know, I mean, I um. I don't see this is the fucking thing. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this is the thing. This is the thing no, that I no, don't no, understand. It, it, it's I, I don't understand that that it, it's like, and I'm all for, I'm all for people with the legalization of whatever the people's rights with fucking guns and all that shit. But I don't understand why you need a mass kill. Well, why people need you don't need a mass killing machine for hunting. It's it's not, you see, know. Okay, or, this is or the even to protect your upset. home. I I I resent the fact. That I feel like we're being forced in a position to decide uh, based on a moral or legal like standpoint about the guns where they're it, it, it's clearly overshadowing a very you know obvious point, which is that the protection of these rights yeah. have nothing to do with the arguments being made Absolutely. for keeping the guns. And that I, I resent the fact that I'm being like so feeling so like that you feel I, like you I, have I, to justify your points or whatever with exactly, or things exactly. and, and and like you have to like fucking like that's the thing i you know like i, I was talking about i wrote this big long thing i didn't even end up posting it because i i wrote this thing about the guns and and, and all this stuff and then i was like oh well, i don't want to come attacked like on that side exactly. on, on, on the, online because it's like i'm pro be. i don't give a fuck like i have plenty of friends who own guns and, and 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 it's it's great you know it's fine it has nothing to do with the argument here i think this has nothing to do with the argument and i'm i'm resentful also the fact that i feel like i need to really be careful about what i say because I've, I've been thinking about talking about it with you in a platform like this but then i catch myself thinking oh what are people going to think how are people going to judge me and i resent the fact that i'm now worried about that sort of judgment yeah where, and i think that's part of what keeps us quite. And I think that the powers that be are relying on the fact that we're so self-doubting of our own beliefs because it, there's a false, uh, a false morality being placed or a false, like defending uh, the rights, these rights to, to, to bear arms and, and these ideas like that keep putting in front by these political powers, which are, 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 are praying, playing on the fact that we are so doubtful of what we believe in, what we're, we're afraid to say to speak our mind because we're being put in judgment right away by our peers. And then we're, we're the argument against us that is, has nothing to do with how, what we're really frustrated by. And I'm, I'm also very, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very sad because, you know, this is something where like I feel children now, the youth, their card is being, you know, their hand is being forced to be the ones to make a move where it's, depending on the youth to do something like that it's uh, it's like they they they're they're young they they're 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 in a position where they have to defend themselves and that's not fucking fair because they don't have the certain rights that adults have they don't have the certain power in 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 voting that adults have but what i think the the, the powers that be are afraid of is that the, these kids actually are the ones 
to make the difference, but it's generational. It takes time. It takes focus. And as long as this focus is, is diluted by other things like the schmuck in, who's the president is now like comparing, you know, the FBI could have done this instead of focusing or, on the or Russian. The, or the mental health and shit. And, 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 and if you've seen, I mean, it's like he doesn't even mention the word fucking gun within any of any of his talks or anything. It's very, it's, it's very, it's very calculated. It's very, it's very constructed and, and very, you know, stylized to be going right back to the same sort of vortex argument. And I mean, this issue is clearly in the hands of of the youth and the youth have the power. This is their struggle. This is their war. This is their sort of um, movement. Like, I feel like when we were younger and we were we were like, you know, anti-government and we're, we're like we had, you know, a rock and roll music and then we had our punk rock music. We had our movements, you know, the hippies and, yeah. and, the, and this. And now, I mean, in this modern age, the, this is sort of like the youth's fight mm -hmm. and it's it's terrifying because i mean it takes so much courage yeah there's a big difference trying to defend what you wear or your or your or the, or the music you listen to versus fucking guns that are killing people it, it's much harder to sell a movement like this to the youth because it's not yeah. wrapped up in candy colored you know sound bites and 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 something that they could wear or buy but then you have girls like this this um this emma gomez who yeah, gave yeah. a speech in this like brilliant, like beautiful, courageous, yeah. heartfelt. Like I mean, it's it's such a, like it's she's obviously a voice of so many people, and coming from somebody so young and so articulate, you know, it's not surprising that she's articulate at that age. But it's a shame that she needs to articulate such a such a gut wrenching emotion yeah. at her age, and that people have to be like slapped in the face with it to like pay attention. But, you know, people are still going to the arguments of like, oh, what about gun, you know, you know, mental health issues and, and gun control and gun rights. And it's like, you know, it's, it, it's so little to do mm -hmm. with with the problem. And it's so fucking frustrating. And and yeah. And like you, I'm, I'm up at night, like wondering, what do I say about it? What do I do about it? It's like, well, yeah, we have dialogue about it. But we're like watching this norm happen where people talk about things and then it drops off and then it happens again and then it drops off because yeah. and, 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 and then there's a discussion about, you know, give it time. It, you, you, you can't talk about it right now. It, it, it shouldn't be talked about because of, you know, people are are, are suffering and, and, and dealing with the situation that they're within right now. And so when is, you know, when the fuck is it the right time to talk about it? When well, it's forgotten about again for and then it happens the over there's, again? Yeah, it should. there should be no question about when the time is because look who we're asking look who we're going towards to, to make the change like yeah. i you know i've been and hearing things about students yeah. want to do these walkouts for the school yeah. yeah you know i i'm totally for like yeah me too obviously. anybody like look if you have a kid and i've got so many friends with children mm -hmm. you know and i and i feel for for them to to like you know have these children in this world like what but what are you willing to send your children out to do i I'm so behind the idea of, of these walkouts because in great numbers of something like that is going to cause an effect that makes changes have to happen because if people are willing to send their kids to, to Afghanistan to die for oil, why wouldn't they be willing to send their kids to march for mm -hmm. something that would give them their future? Because it's all about the next, you know, 20, 30 years for these kids. Who's going to be calling the shots? What kind of society is, is going to be like, you know, the model for them to live in? 
and and I I mean I don't have answers. I have things sort of like I support and and endorse the idea of walking out of school, you know. But for not not just for a day, not for like like I don't want the idea of giving them the time and the amount. Oh, we're gonna walk out this day for this many hours. No, don't fucking tell them. Walk out and don't go back. Don't fucking go back. Don't look. That's how the kids and everybody get behind it. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to. Let the children force the hands of the powers that be Mm -hmm. rather than the powers that be forcing the hands of the children to have to pick up the fight because the kids are they feel the kids aren't strong enough to pick up the fight or that their parents won't support them enough to continue the fight. You know what? If you do have a kid, support them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the fucking walk out because I mean, talk about like be there behind them. Yeah, being courageous. If they're if you think that kids were courageous enough to go fight in World War II, you know for freedom then believe that they could be brave enough to fight for their rights and the, their future for their children for their own country that they're fucking within yeah, yeah. for their lives yeah. for their for their own fucking lives that they don't have to feel like you know you're going to force them to go to a school where they have to worry about getting shot but you're not you're not going to be you're not going to like encourage them to to stand up for their fucking rights and be listened to because it's their fucking future we're now you know at the age where we're living in a society that we were part of building as a youth you know we you know for whatever you know power that we had to make it what it is but at this point it's really you know it's 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 the teenagers the young kids that really have to pay attention to much more important things than the immediacy of like popular culture and bullshit like that yeah. who gives a fuck if kanye west is having another fucking kid and what the fuck they call it who gives a shit about that garbage mm-hmm. who gives a shit about who's the next superstar they're all like clamoring to get to the top of this mountain of fame and garbage and outdoing one another and cutthroat and all this crap yeah just yeah. sell more plastic to strangle more fucking fish it's garbage mm-hmm. you know and pay pay attention to some serious role models, people who are speaking out in ways that, you know, are not are probably not going to make them very popular, mm-hmm. you know, but you know what? But just might. You know, yeah. This this it's I'm fucking frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm chain, totally yeah frustrated. yeah you can hear <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm, no, I'm pissed, I, I'm pissed you know. that the fucking children are, are being the, the you know the 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 the, the collateral damage. Yeah, nobody and, should have to worry to go to school. You know. Yeah, and these schmucks standing behind education. the NRA, these chicken shit little like yes men who are who are who are, who are cheering on lobbyists who are just out for the money. Well, it's all about do- fucking money. It's all about money. I mean, that was the thing. The one thing that I was watching in CNN. Uh, I forget uh, what the gentleman's name is who, who who's on CNN, but he was doing the breakdown of how much money has been funded to these politicians and mm-hmm. Trump and fucking all these yeah, the pieces of shit. It's it, it, it's you know to help to help their campaign. And it's within the multi millions, and it's just and it's and fucking it's from, like, from the who NRA. You, who can you depend on to make a change other than the people who really don't think so much about money? And you know what? The kids, they want stuff, but they're not thinking about the money as much as adults are. Mm-hmm. Adults are watching their bank. They're watching. You know, the youth, they're watching their ass. They're watching their future. They should be fucking making some serious moves right now. Some Absolutely. serious fucking moves against the powers that be, because it's all a facade. All these, all these, like these dominoes that that the the, the powers that be are setting up. These facades mm-hmm. of like, you know, to protection and 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 you know, security mm-hmm. and and nationalism 
and patriotism, hiding behind this this idea of patriotism when it's they they haven't earned it. Uh-huh. They don't, and you know what? They don't own it. It should be fucking knocked over, and it it and exposed for what it is because it it's obvious at this point. Well, it's All been exposed for what it is. It's just yeah, nobody not, fucking does no. nothing about it. Nobody does shit. Well, and, and I mean the deal is, is that we make the movement to do it, but then then somebody else gets into office and shit gets fucking changed, and then and then and then you're back. It's just a fucking snake eating eating the tail over yeah, and over Ouroboros. and Ouroboros it, it all over again. Yeah. So what do you think? I'm sorry. Well, uh, not nothing. I was just going to say it's obvious that the jig is up. It's all over, you know, from from like, you know, fat cat movie execs, rapists and 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 people in power that use use that power to to manipulate, to satisfy their disease ridden cocks and and get themselves all fucked. You know, the jig is up. Yeah. I I, I mean, if this is not time, uh, finally. I hope to God for change to happen within our country, then I don't fucking know what is, you know? So let's, let's, let's get on to a, a much, a much, uh, uh, let's switch the gears and you want to get into some Q and A. Yeah. So what's a new format there? Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to try something new here. We're going to try uh, addressing some of the questions that we've been getting in from people, All right. which is pretty exciting that people are actually responding. I'm, I'm, Oh, that is really exciting. You know, it's like so if you feel like you're doing something. Yeah, like, like, I'm not calling into the void. You know, there's actually <laughs> the voices are are calling back. You know, you you stare deep into the void long enough, and then the void stares at you. What's that phrase? But anyway, <laughs> we've been hearing from the void. We've been hearing back from the void. So we're going to uh, we're going to try answering some questions for well, people. We have a little jingle. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, before that, we get that's, into the Q and A. No, let's open it. Let's. This is going to be how how you know what's going on with us. All right, uh, let's let's do this then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yikes okay so this is the first and last time we're ever doing q a because that is terrifying (laughs) i think that that works for me it's like having that live band on the side of the you know talking up the side of the show (laughs) Oh God! Okay, yeah, Q and A. Let's let's you know what? Let's roll that again. Let me let me hear that Q and A, so I know what time is. You it? you, you want to hear it again? What time is it? All right, All right. rewind. Sorry. <laughs> the band leader. The band. The, Paul the, the band already broke up. Paul Schaefer is dead. Quit. Yeah. But... <laughs> You know what time it is, folks. That's right. It's time for Q&A here at Gimme Babble, where we get to answer some of your questions, what you might be thinking to ask us. Now, um, I wrote, uh, wrote a few of them down here for us so we don't have to like dig into our social medias. 
The first question we have is from a, a Victoria Gillespie. Gillespie. Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just drove over first, that last name and fucking did a burnout on it. My, my, my first apology today goes out to Victoria Gillespie. <laughs> just did a pausey fucking blowout on the last. Jesus Christ. My question to you is, how do you pronounce your name? No, she she's asking um, uh, about. Uh, the first time we worked together. Ooh, you know? yeah. She said, she said that we did a collaborative show a few years past. I don't know if she's referring to our very first one or the, the, well, the very first says, one was, was either late 2000. Well, we probably met late 2004 is when we first collaborated on doing a two man show. Yeah. That was our and very that, first show. That was our first show. Collaborative piece together. For and that was show. our first, yeah. that was our first collaboration too. Yeah. That was we the did first revenge. Time. Yeah. Because, I remember um, uh, when when we first started talking about doing the show together. There was a you know always like two men show was the idea was like a two person show, two person show, and uh, we talked about the idea of it being more interesting if we added at least one piece that you and I worked back and forth together, you know, as sort of just a different element to that show. And that 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 piece was revenge, mm-hmm. where like you said, we did a portrait of Prella, and I think it. it, it it, we were both taken a little bit by surprise of how well it worked out. You know, it just was a, a beautiful mesh. Yeah, absolutely. Was, and, the, and, 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 that, like, and that was the point, too, where we kept trading it off, bringing it from each other's studio. So that was the first time where we weren't really seeing what we, we were discussing what we were going to be yeah. doing and stuff. And maybe I think we were at some points penciling out ideas on it and all that stuff. And then, t- and then one, one would take it away and then yeah, bring exactly. it back and reveal it. And it would be like, holy shit. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. We started, we started up the idea where like we knew we were going to um, have uh, a Prella on on a fish mm-hmm. you know so we started off with the photograph remember you and Apollo came over we did a photo shoot and then i i mounted those photos onto the wood and we just had an idea this is where the fish is going to be and then i handed it off to you at that point mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you came back with with like the uh, the the detail work getting in there so i started to see this figure of the fish coming alive and the angels on the side and and you know the um seashell like, and the- yeah, and you, like start painting into her hair. I, I, I tell you, you're, you're sort of like a little hesitant to get too yeah. into the photograph. Yeah. Because we, we barely even knew each yeah, other. Yeah, at all. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. You're, you're careful not to step on people's toes. You know, we didn't know you were feeling each other out at that time. But you know, I was. It was pretty early on as well as working collaboratively with the other guys at Goldmine Shit House. So I wasn't as, you know, versed in you know, proper etiquette of collaboration at the time too. I was still a little, you know, you guys, you, you guys weren't painting over each other's shit at that point, like no, in, we the, were, in the shit we house, were, but we were, but it was like, I was doing it with them. You know, yeah, I yeah. wasn't yet like out in the world. Like I have not adopted it as my style yet as my, you know, it wasn't fully ingrained in me. So I was still learning, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. my enthusiasm was there to do it. But you know, you were, you were a new guy. You, uh, your new your your technique was very different from who yeah. I was working with, and you had a very particular style, and you were very brooding and dark, and you had shaved eyebrows. So it's a little bit like uh, <laughs> well, I didn't uh, have the shaved eyebrows. You're brooding and dark. Oh, no one likes me. I mean, you know, so I, I was just being careful. I didn't want to either upset you or hurt your feelings, or you know, <laughs> it's like he might go he might go live in a closet for the next two we months. Still, if I um, well, we still had the show that we had to do, and the you know, I didn't want to like 
ruin the vibe yeah. or it, so to speak because the reason why i did the show with you was because another artist refused to do that show originally with me mm -hmm. because i was doing quote too many shows that year that he was afraid the attention would be paid too much to out to to like a different anyway whatever yeah, it was it was all ugly yeah. and the same thing about me i remember when you called me that ran into that that side of where I just got uh, um, alienated from being in shows because some other artists felt that my style was too similar to his yeah. and got me. And so when you called, I was like, oh, my God, what's this guy fucking want? Because <laughs> yeah, like, it was like right at that same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, are you David Stubakus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> hi. No, but I think her question really was uh, asking whether or not. Um, oh yeah, we went. She asked point. if our talents meshed very well together, and if we would do it again. Well, the answer is yes. I think we meshed really well. I mean, besides our our work and our styles meshing very well together, when you walked in the door the first time, I remember you were wearing almost the same exact outfit. <laughs> As I was, with well, the fucking truth of this is, I had a camera, it's like spying in yeah. on you. And and you looked over in my easel. I had a horse head mask on top of my easel, oh, yeah, and back home at your right. easel, you also had a horse. Head. There were these like strange mirrors that was going on yeah. between us. And we were both been... doing the latter thing because the whole thing was is that is that your friend at the time mm -hmm. seen the the, the ladder that that ladder watercolor I did right. Too? Well, there was there was some um, there was uh, I think pieces of, that were I remember seeing in the Woodstock show where that we were in together oh, yes, yes. at the same time. I know there were similarities. That's right. there I were... seen you in Woodstock and we didn't even we didn't even we never even met. We were like walk oh, right we, by we, each we, other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so there were these these things that were like these similarities, and that's how we got the name Doppelganger, which is the name of yeah. our first show in two thousand five. I think it was was the actual yep. show we started with in 2004. And then our second show, which was Requiem, that we did at um, uh, Strychnine, Evil, um, <laughs> was uh, was all collaborative work. You know, every piece yeah. was a And that's when we got dirty, and yes. we got and we got down, and well, we, I was we waiting were painting over do each other's shit. <laughs> and it was, it was, yeah. It was it was it was really fun because we got to work simultaneously, and a lot of my favorite works were the drawings that we did in sketchbooks. Yes. Like we did one sketchbook for Irwin, and we did like um, a lot of those funny drawings. There yeah. were a lot more sort of tongue in cheek, humorous, you know, off the cuff stuff, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, and funny. And then there were certain elements of those drawings that were just like just really hit a yeah. note that was like. Okay, where does one end and the other begin? Thing, you know, yeah, what, which, yeah, what, because, because they would meld so much together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already had this sort of intuition and interest in similarities of of subject matters and objects that were wound up in our paintings. Still happens today. Mm -hmm. It still happens. Like when I saw that last painting of you with the woman holding the mask of the face, and I was yeah. working on a tiny piece of a guy in a boat holding a mask on a face. I was like, there it fucking is again. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, where are those tiny cameras in the studio? Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, or am I talking yeah. to you in dreams? Like, hey, David, I've got a great idea. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool? If... Yeah. So, yeah. And I would totally do it I again. Would to I would totally do it I would totally do it I would I've already been thinking about that whole, like, mailing thing, you know, where it's like, start a piece, send it off in the mail, yeah, get it back. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. 
yeah. So. Classic style. Of that. All right. So I hope that answers your question, Victoria. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, the, it, it meshed. And in my, my opinion, it's like collaboration is a lot with, with painting is a lot like collaboration with music. You know, sometimes you just not meant to play together. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And, and also I love the idea of collaboration. I mean, I would have never, I would, which we'll talk in depth one day. Actually, you know what? We got to get, definitely got to get Colin on, but, but like talk in depth about the shit house. But I would have no. never really, for me, seen what I feel that true collaboration is until I seen you guys work, you know? And I, I don't think, I, I think I would have kept approaching everything almost the same way that I approached revenge um, mm -hmm. um, versus where we hit it that last time. And also, yeah. that being said, I don't think I could collaborate painting wise the way that i collaborate with you versus somebody else because i don't feel like i would have that kind of freedom to like yeah you know be like hey i know you're feeling this but um mm -hmm. you know i i think if you feel like it needs this and paint over it or do stuff yeah. like that you know now there's a certain you know, amount of comfort that that you need zone that you need to be in a certain amount of you know give and take that has to kind of just happen as organically as possible without mm -hmm. force because once you start forcing something it just, you know, it kind of spoils it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, sometimes it, it just doesn't work and you, and, and it's not meant to be, or, you know, or there are different levels of readiness for that kind of work. Mm -hmm. Some people are just not prepared to work collaboratively yet. Some people are, some people it just takes time also, you know, to develop yeah. the skills to let go of certain things, let go of certain ownership and that, you know, that takes practice. Yeah, you, but, I, I, you, I'm to be a true collaboration. Well, I, I don't know. In my eyes, to be a true collaboration, I don't feel like you can hold on too dearly to to, to certain things. You know, you have to be mm -hmm. able to let go. Yeah, and for I, it to work, for, for it to work. really like, yeah, for, 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 it, for, 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 for it to have harmony and for it to be able exactly. to, you know, be able to uh, intertwine with each other. So yeah, exactly. Okay, awesome. Well, good. Next question comes from Alexandra. Um, and uh alexandra uh, at alexandra uh, she uh, i don't know her uh twitter is at, at dyervin staten alexandra asks um uh if when we first started painting were we working real jobs or mm -hmm. did we just dive into um you know making a living off painting i suppose which yeah. is asking i worked a real job for a long time oh yeah i mean and and real, it, real quotes, uh, unquote. Well, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, like, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because where I am now, I still have a hard time considering what I do as like a, a real job, but it is, it's a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's work. You gotta, you know, W2 form. <laughs> it's just, I feel guilty sometimes because I'm like, I get to do this and it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like work, but it's fucking work. Trust me. It's goddamn work. But the, uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've been from everything from doing commercial work for a really long time. Well, well run through it like from the very beginning, very quickly. Run <laughs> like if you can off the top of your head, run through some of the jobs. Well, like back to like bagging groceries at a grocery store and sweeping exactly. floors. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, 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 mean, I mean, my first job was sweeping floors at a, at a bagel place. And then that turned out to be where I ended up getting a job bagging groceries for a long time or for <laughs> probably back then it might've been three months, but it felt like an, an eternity you know, yeah. before I quit. Then, uh, I probably did some other, Oh, I did construction for a while as I got older and, 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 uh, got into the union and that. 
and uh, just doing uh, being a paint uh, just being a painter, but as in like you know a roll and paintbrush, like painting schools and, and stuff. Did like it, that. did any of those jobs during that time were they ever any threat of like thinking, okay, well this is a job, mm-hmm. I'm making money, and should I focus more on keeping a job? Yeah, and, yeah, never. And and yeah, never. good. Because because with me it was like the, I, I felt like I had th- I felt like that thing that I had was the only purpose that I had in this life, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of, uh, which I can go into different reasons for that later on, but because of my learning disability and so on and so forth, it was like the one thing that I felt like I could relate to and, and, and other, uh, 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 educational stuff within math and reading or whatever I wasn't good at. So it was like, that's yeah. where I'm kind of going. So I always felt like that, that was my destination, but how things ended up happening with that was that doing the painting, um, doing the, do, working in the union and construction and that lent into meeting architects and then architects needed murals done in restaurants mm-hmm. and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And then, uh, so then that turned into where I started my own mural company. Uh, did that for a while and then went off to, that got connected into working for a, um, uh, a sign company. So I learned how to uh, make signs and, and do mm-hmm. vinyl cutting and, and, and. See, I mean, this is a great example of how like, yeah, you had a job. You had to get work because you got to bring in money somehow. Because, you know, you when you were starting to learn art, you're not. Most of us, for the most part, are not able to just make a living off of it right yeah. away. But you're picking up a lot of skills. Exactly, and that's and, that. That's what I feel is so important because I think it's like if you can land a job in the arts in, in some way or another, and that yeah, and still sort of be able to, it's yes, yeah, be creative in that. It's like. I learned so much from being working and do painting murals in, in re- restaurants or casinos, That's... and then and then doing the uh, do, uh, 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 doing the sign company even up until when I was I started working like doing stuff in video game companies and that. Yeah. But but the uh, w- w- I was going somewhere with that. The um, but the important side of that whole thing is never losing sight and always making that time for when you get home from work. You know, or, or or even if it's just on the weekends where you're making that time to do your own yeah. thing. Keep your eye on the prize. Yeah, keep your eye exactly, and and then take all that stuff that you're learning from everyday life and put that back into what yeah. you're doing. Because I mean, I'll say it a million times over that life is first for me. The experience of the life and the art is important, but without some sort of interaction dialogue outside of your own headspace you're really just going to be you know running on uh, repeating yourself and and redundancy and and you actually will become quite mediocre i think if you're not learning from outside sources firsthand experience stuff like that and jobs i mean my my very first jobs after school were all service industry you know, I was a barista. I was a busboy. Made my way up to a waiter. Made my way up to the coffee counter at a cafe. You know, in uh, Cafe Orlin in New York, which just recently closed. Rest in peace. Yeah. Fantastic Bummer. place. Opened up in the in the seventies. My dad's best friend opened up that place. So I was very familiar with it. And when I finished school, he told me. He asked me when I moved to Manhattan. It's like, do I have any work? I'm like, no. I just I'm just coming out of school. He's like, well, come work for me. So I wound up working, you know, at a restaurant for a few years, and Socially, it's fantastic because I was meeting other young people who were, you know, trying to make it in in New York. And that restaurant, for some reason, always had some pretty interesting talents from musicians to actors to artists. Some of them, you know, it's a great world. Know, that world, well, well renowned from bands like Pavement to Blonde Redhead to people who were like on off Broadway who worked and went off to go and stomp and and 
you know, DJs who became very well-renowned DJs, DJ Dara, you know, if you know Jungle Drum and Bass and DJ Aki, if you know that kind of stuff in Japan. Anyway, so there was always this... These were element. people that were all working at, like, either the cafes or the bars at and the stuff? Cafe where, where I worked. Wow. Yeah. So there was, like, an element of, you know, creativity and underground New York. You know, there was a it was a vibe. There was a family thing going on. And it was great for that. But at some point, you know, the owner, who was a friend, Yossi, uh, he, you know, I, I kind of got fired. <laughs> I, I definitely got fired. I, I, I kind of too. I definitely. I got to tell, tell you, after a few years, I got fired for some so somebody else made a mistake, and that mistake was put onto me, and I was take, took the blame for it. It was mm-hmm. totally not my fault. But I got fired. There were two owners. The one owner wasn't as nice. He fired me. The other owner, Yossi, he was like, "Okay, you know what? I could give you your job back, or you can go and do what you came That's to New York right. to do." And because he was always very supportive of me, even when my dad was like, you know, giving me shit about going to art school, blah, blah, blah. He was always going to my dad. He's like, hey, let him do his thing. Support him, blah, blah, blah. He was like a, an uncle or, or, you know, a surrogate dad to me at times. And so he encouraged me to not take the job back and go and seek out work, which I did by contacting my contacts from school to get names of photographers in New York to get, you know, photo assistant jobs. And I wound up picking up a few different photo assistant jobs over a few years, all like part-time and freelance and sporadic. So I was also bartending. I picked up a bartending job down the street where, because after I got fired, like I took a walk and there was a bartender who used to work at the cafe who got fired a few months before me. So we commiserated. It was like, oh, my God, he fired you too, oh, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, and then I was hanging out in bars more and I wound up getting a job at that bar and another local bar. So I was bartending part time too. So that really filled that social need. Like I was able to, you know, get a lot from, you know, the community socially by bartending and doing the photo assistant work. I was, you know, getting insight a little bit to that world of you know you know commercial photography to like you know um uh, editorial stuff for magazines and whatnot so i got to go off to locations meet some cool people i hit bjork in the face with a light meter by accident once like, <laughs> I was to, like you know, yeah. and she was great she was super funny but i didn't hit her she was so bouncy she jumped was jumping around and I was trying to do a light reading of her face and she jumped right into the light meter. It's like, oh, I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, like, there were cool little moments and skills that I picked up. But during this time, like, like you said, you keep your eye on the prize kind of thing. Like I was all always, you know, going back and, and, and working in the studio and a lot of the, you know, the people that I worked with, you know, the photographers, they knew my work cause we became close. And they encouraged me to focus on the work and, you know, telling me like, David, you could pursue this photography very lucratively. You could you could make money doing this kind of work, studio work, but you're going to lose your art because mm-hmm. so much time, so much focus. And then you're going to be miserable. It's very competitive. <laughs> well, they were in a way without saying so, they were saying so. Yeah. Like, we're going to don't do what I did. But, you know, they weren't unhappy, but they were, you know, they were. They weren't, they weren't following their their probably listen i don't know what you know i don't want to read into what they're doing yeah, sure, sure. hints that they were giving me that i should focus on you know if something is standing out more like i i i excelled more in my art 
and my photography and mixed media than I did in the business part of it, you know, mm-hmm. doing that sort of, you know, um, getting the stylists and the, and the editors and blah, blah, blah. And that whole like mwah, mwah world of, oh my God, you look beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you would have been great at that. I, I don't think <laughs> that would have lasted fucking, I think you would have been lucky if it lasted a year. <laughs> yeah. There would be too many stylists that would recommend working with me. Just because of my patience of, of you know, that world. I mean, most of it's advertising, and I really don't like advertising. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's – I think that it, the direction, whatever, advertising is a whole different thing. Advertising is just kind of like the devil. All yeah, right? I, I, I think there's a lot of great stuff to be learned by it, but, but yeah, like and, from and it, that you can incorporate within what you do and stuff. But it, it, it has changed dramatically. Yeah, the, the, the body that the head is attached to of advertising is something that disgusts me, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I didn't want anything to do with that. And um, uh, I'd lean more towards bartending because it was something that, you know, you could make cash money in hand. You know, tax free. <laughs> Fuck you, IRS. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. no. It's all statute limitations. I'm not bartending so long. No, you know, it was it was it was good money. It was very social. I met so many great people. You know, and you know, between that and doing a little work for the limelight for a little while, doing yeah, art, yeah, yeah. which all again that you know, that that all by accident. Into, yeah, it happened by accident. I happened to be in the limelight during the day with a friend discussing an installation that I would do, met somebody who was best friends with the chef from Cafe Orlin, where I used to work. He recognized me. He's like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Uh, his name is Richard Barron, amazing guy. And he's like, it wouldn't happen to hit a job, you know, as a joke. And I'm like, actually, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and because um, I just need a job at the time. And um, and he hired me. And through that, I met Les Barony. And that was like being like an artistic director there or, 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 or... like you know, dealing with, you know, how rooms were to be decorated per mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is not during the fun days of the limelight. This is like post. Yeah, this is post you know, drugs. Well, well, there was still drugs, but post fucking. This is, yeah. is post Mike Alec murder. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm when, when Peter Gation was being, a, uh, you know, he was already in jail at that point. Arrest, tax evasion. Yeah. He's been in jail, is out of jail, is extradited, he's in Canada, he's back, you know, and he's trying to like reinvent the limelight, which you know, his wife was running the ship at the time. Oh, so he was already he was already out at that point and, and, yeah, and, and yeah. running the limelight again? Okay. Yeah, there was support. He was trying to like re change the face, a friendlier face of the neighborhood and but still do cool dark shit. And that's when Giger room was being installed. And that's how I met Les Barony, because I then became the art director. Because as soon as I took the job with Richard as his assistant, like two weeks later, he's like, I quit. And he left. Like, <laughs> he was there for maybe, you know, 20 years already, you know, back in the day in the club mm-hmm. kid days, like he's had his time. He was over it. It, it changed in a way like, you know, I can imagine it's not fun anymore. Sure. So then all of a sudden he handed me the keys and I'm like, uh, a, I'm not qualified for this job. B, I don't know if I want it and see, ah, yeah, it seems like way job. too much responsibility. <laughs> it was so much responsibility that I, <laughs> I acknowledged to myself that I was not going to take, but yeah. I was going to take the job anyway. And I took the job, and the best part was meeting Les because I, uh, I like within a week I met Les Barony because I was in charge of overseeing the Giger room installation, and became friends with him. And that week I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm an artist too. He's like, oh yeah, show me your work sometime, you know. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and I happened to have my very first solo show on the same block that he worked 
for an advertising company, I think at the time, you know, he walked by, saw the work, and that's how we started our relationship. And so this job, which, you know, real job, not real job, led led itself so much into like meeting all these other people that led to other roads. So yeah, you know, it's hard to say whether or not like it having a job is separate from pursuing the art on your own anyway, because it's going to somehow, if you're gonna just lean heavy on your art side, it's gonna it's it's gonna enrich it somehow. Absolutely. You know? And you can do things to make sure you get jobs in the creative department of something or this and that, but you never know. You know? My thing because, is, is if you're always passionate for that life, yeah. then it's always going to bring you there. As long as you keep on driving in that direction yeah. with your mind and, mm -hmm. and and your soul and and by producing it and that, it, you will always get there with it. So it's like even if you're bagging groceries at a store or mm -hmm. you or or you're working at a restaurant, it, yeah, you, exactly. you get you get, you're gonna meet the right people. So the other I, thing I want to say is. The, well, well, the, the thing I want to say too is that you always say yes, and then you figure it out later. Yeah, I mean, Cause, you, cause, don't, you don't want to, you don't want to like ruin your reputation, of course, by being the person that always takes a job and never follows through. No, but, no, no. But you open, keep yourself open to the experiences, yeah. and it's a good way to learn if you're good at it or yeah. not too. Yeah, I, and, and and it's a it's a perfect example. Like you said, you work in a grocery store, or restaurant doesn't matter. If I did not work at that restaurant, I never would have known the head chef so well to the point where I knew her best friend. Whereas if I was in a building where he recognized me, I would have gotten that job that led me to meet Les Barony, that gave opened my world up to other things and absolutely. people. That, so you never know where that road's gonna take you. Just keep your best foot forward through it all, which is your passion, your love for your art, and you know, hopefully, you know, with luck as well, because that's a big part of it. A lot, yeah, absolutely. Gonna, Be at the right gonna, place at the right time, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, but now, you gotta put yourself out there. When, because this is the hardest thing that I felt for me, um, uh, and I'm sure, you, and, and I'm sure everybody feels, and I'm sure you felt it too at that point, uh, at that time, when. Do you know when to walk away from the security the of security having that of the job? Of, of the you, job. That's a tough one. That's a really, really hard one because right? it takes a leap of faith sometimes, and and you got you you want to do the smart thing. You don't want to fuck yourself up by like quitting a job that had some security, some stability, and then all of a sudden you're screwed. But the thing is, complacency is also a problem when you're so comfortable. And you're so, you know, you're so, you know, used to something because of the comfort it gives you that you're afraid to challenge the challenge to accept the challenge of like letting go of that security. Mm -hmm. And that could be keeping you from the next level. You know, you really, you have to trust your gut intuition. You know, that is a big part of it. And, and that's telling you one thing, tr you, you're going to have to go with the gut. Otherwise, you, you're going to live with something worse, which is regret. Yeah. And you, you know, that's something. And regret's the fucking worst thing. But it, it's horrible. The, and the other thing, too, is you're never going to be fully secure. Because even even at this day and age of my life, and I'm, you know, in my getting into my mid-40s, I, mm -hmm. I, I still, you know, some months are great, and then I can go a really long time with it being sure. real bad. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, so it's like it's you know, and that and it's uh, it's, it's always a struggle. Find jobs if you're looking if you if you're starting out and you you know you wonder about if you should get a job, get a fucking job because 
there's so many jobs that I haven't mentioned that I did have that I've had handfuls. Yeah. I had, I once got took a job just because I needed to go to the dentist. So I worked at this job for four months. <laughs> like working on the street for the corner. Insurance, <laughs> and waited for the insurance to kick in. It was at an archive company in Manhattan. I was a, a file librarian filer. No way. The most boring fucking job where I, it got to the point where I would go into work and I would sneak out, you know, every day to go visit my friend or, or just go take a walk. And I started sneaking out earlier and earlier to the point where I would go clock in, grab a pile of stuff, hide it on another floor and then walk out and then show back up at five to the point where it's like, it's ridiculous. I'm just yeah. clocking yeah. in and I walking out. Like a thing. I, I got my guard. teeth fixed and then I tried to get fired for unemployment. They wouldn't fire me. Like I tried to get fired. I was disruptive. I was obnoxious. I was goofing off. <laughs> walking they, and knocking shit off. No, they called me into a meeting. I was finally, this is the meeting. They're going to sit me down. This woman, <laughs> Ann, this Italian woman, really nice, sits me down. I'm like, here it is. I'm going to get fired. Sits me down. David. We just want to know what we could do to make things more comfortable for you here. I'm like, fuck, you, these people just don't get it. I'm like, you know what? I, I, that was it. I was like, you know what? Nothing could be done to make me more comfortable here. And I quit. I said, I'm just going to have to stop working here. As nice yeah. as possible. I've been trying to get fucking fired this whole but, time, but you won't I, do it. I, I try, you know, I wasn't being, you know, an asshole to the people. I was just, you know, being myself. I was loud, disruptive, goofy, you know, in an office environment that was very uptight. And I was like, you know, it's like <laughs> crawling out of my skin. And everybody was so boring and 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 and, and milk toast, and it was just awful. So, anyway, there was a number of jobs that I had that I didn't mention, but um, I, I oh God, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, you were uh, saying always take the, always go for the job. Uh, like I always take jobs and that might, you know, you might be able to get something out of, mm -hmm. you know, don't try to use and abuse and exploit, but try to head towards a direction where you can, you can get some information. You can get yeah. some material, work for an office company, steal their paper, you know, work for, you know, work for somewhere where you can steal their paper. <laughs> I got a bunch of paper clips today. I got some needed erasers. I got, well, who the, no, no office has needed erasers. I got uh, some fucking, <laughs> whatever. The, 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 the uh, uh, you know, and the other thing too is I think all this shit is, is, is about reflection later on anyways. You don't notice what you gain from, from that job when you were yeah. there versus until later on back when you're looking back at it, you know? Get what you can. Yeah. And, 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 and skirt through the system as well as you can without getting caught. I don't want to encourage people to do too many bad things, but I'm not going to say <laughs> steal because, you know, some places just have too much stuff. Stop it! Steal from institutions, steal from corporations, yeah. go, to a, go to school, go to a big school, pay a lot of money, and then while you're there, steal their shit. Because <laughs> Take all their pens. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to disclose. Just don't get caught. Okay? Yeah. Love you, but don't get caught. Let, let's try to sneak one more in here because um, uh, to, to address this one last question, mm -hmm. which is kind of like um, this guy, Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Jesus. His name is Andrew. I lost it. This I, I, social media is making me crazy. Andrew Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins. Okay. Um, uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Uh, 
ask something about um, experiences, our worst experiences during a show. And I asked him to elaborate if he meant like with the gallery owners or with people or with ourselves. And he said, um, he, he said he left it open to whatever we feel like talking about. It could be anything from an art show opening at a gallery to a crappy confrontation at a, at a rock concert. You know, he, I, I think he's asking us to, to, to put some light on some of our bad experiences yeah. or like a shitty fan. I think he mentioned, which I got to say, first of all, there's, I don't think there's such a thing as a shitty fan. If you're a fan of mine, God bless you to the point of even stalker. That's fine. Just like, come on, don't hurt me. But like, if you're a fan, good, good. I like it. That's amazing. I get I totally get what he means. You know, somebody who's just like, there have been awkward situations, you know. Mm. I think art fans are weirder, like than music groupies. You know, art fans can be a little bit weirder because I don't. With with rock and rollers and musicians, there's a whole persona and a character that's associated directly with the music and the sound. With artists, you know, there's kind of a separation. You can put yourself up on the walls, walk away, and your work is representing you, and you could be a completely different looking or acting yeah. person. Art groupies, I'm like, I, I feel a little bit weird. Like, what? Like, you don't know me, kind of. You know, like, mm -hmm. what makes you think you like me because of my painting? Jesus Christ, that's so little to do with who I am. No, but which is not true. All right, see, this is my problem. I make no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm getting off track. I think he, he wants, he's asking it's a bad yeah. experience. I think, I think, I think, you know, I think some things have been, uh, you know, relationships gone sour within galleries that I've worked with, uh, where there's just been a lack of communication and then, um, uh, galleries grow and they change and then they forget about the ones that help, help build, like help, help them out from the very beginning. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, those have been awkward and uncomfortable and weird. And, yeah. uh, sometimes you work with artists that don't follow through with things that they were supposed to. And yeah, like, like that's... earlier I was saying how we met, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention any names because I, uh, you know, protected the guilty, but you know, well, at that respect. year before we met, I had two shows, um, in New York. One was like before the summer and one was after the summer. One was with Art at Large, with Pet Silva, and the other one was McKeg Wells with Melissa McKeg Wells. And um, the one at Art at Large was the second one. It was after the summer, and the one with McKeg Wells was first. And that's when I approached you to do a two-man because I already had one show booked, so I didn't have enough work to do to two both. solo shows. Yeah. So I said, oh, I'll do one in Brooklyn and one in Manhattan. This is great. And the galleries didn't mind. I wasn't solely represented. It was, you know, one of those things. Like, you're cool and you're cool. Let's do shows. And so I approached you. You said yes. I was super psyched. I mentioned it to the other artist who I had the show with later. Oh, I'm doing a two-man show with David Stupakis. And his response was bitter, uh, malicious, he went to the gallery owner of the other place and says that he, who he already had a good relationship with, like Art at Large had a good relationship with him. They were selling his work. He was happy. They were happy. So he went in and he pulled this thing where it's like if he – I don't want to do a show with 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 Hockbaum. If he's in the show, I'm out. Yeah. So they yeah. kicked me out of that show. Yeah, that's so the I same lost, thing that I, I lost a show because this little prick 
who was supposedly my friend that we had the show together, thought that I was doing too many shows, which two is not too many, considering mm-hmm. A, I'm not a well-known artist. I, I've i been yeah. once from Britain. <laughs> it's not like you're saturating your market. Oh, no. Oversaturating. Two of the boroughs of New York. You know, come on. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. You know, these aren't like high-profile galleries. It was like, you know, Bishop Berger and, and Marlboro Gallery having a fight off. Over the <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know, a gallery that's like 11 floors up on 6th Avenue and one that's somewhere in Williamsburg before, you know, anybody even went to that part of town. Yeah, yeah. So that was a bad experience because I not only lost a gallery show, I lost trust in people. I lost tr- I lost a friend. I was introduced to a new kind of bitterness that I didn't know so much before. Mm-hmm. That sort of malicious behavior of the prima donna. put up kind of guards and fucking make yeah, you go, yeah, whoa. It makes you with... think twice about people, yeah. you know, who you thought were, you know, uh, rising up with you. Because we're at the same level. Yeah, he was selling more work at that time within that gallery. I, but this was going to be like a show. I was, I was like, okay, you know, brothers in arms, yeah. you know, working together. Yeah, we're doing this together, man. Yeah. But because he thought that our show would take too much attention away from the show with him, that he he forced the gallery's hand to push me out. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I lost nice, that show. Right? They offered me another solo show later down the line because they felt bad because I had a good relationship with the gallery. Pet Silva was very nice. He was very understanding. And I was understanding him. I said, look, I, I get it. You know, yeah. he's he's making your gallery money. You don't want to lose him. But, you know, so I that was my shitty experience that I'll, I'll touch on. There's plenty more. Yeah, there's plenty. There's, pl- oh, there's plenty. That's more. One example. I mean, and then you know, when those things happen, man, it's just like all you all you can do is just try to be aware of them. Um, it's it's not like you can't let them not happen again, because because yeah. you, you're gonna run into more fucking shitty people down the road, or or yeah, yeah. or, or, or more people that are wearing a mask and you're not and you're not seeing them for who they truly are yet. And then and the, and the, and then it all it all it all happens again. Um, but you know, just being aware of it, keep moving forward. And and you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I found less and less of my life uh, where there's people that I can really uh, trust. You know what I mean? Like like as I've gotten older, within you know whether it's been been business and even friends. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but it happens. So it's it happens. Yeah, I mean, but your best defense is having a little bit of a guard. You don't want to be totally walled off to to people because that's not fair to you. Well, you, you and also too, you're stunting your growth. Shit. Yeah, in, but, in, you know, I mean, the best that. the best thing is having support groups too, having friends. You just you know, it sounds cheesy and tacky, but you gotta have friends to console you. You need to have colleagues to advise you. You know, people who have been through the mill more. You know, having somebody who's you know, you could a uh, mentor to talk to about these kind of problems. Your 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 friends are your therapists to get through this kind of kind of thing to to tell you like whether or not you know to take vengeance out on this person. You need people to talk you off the ledge. Mm-hmm. You know, to, mm-hmm. to let you know that okay, don't become this asshole because yeah. they were an asshole. You know, and it's that's that's some, it's important too, I guess, to sleep on it too, right? <laughs> Yeah, just to sometimes you gotta you know, hibernate on it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Take take some time to Not digest. Not allow it to be that first reaction. It. But you know, and and let it let the poison that they infected you with go through your system. And sometimes it's a little. The venom is a little Stingy. stronger than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could last. I've had. I've been bitten by 
fucking snakes that have lasted for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I yeah. still get I still get the itch. It's like, you know, it's like malaria. You know, mm-hmm. it'll, it's it's in the blood. It never goes away. And every once in a while you feel a little run down like like mono. Yeah. <laughs> Some galleries are like mono. You know? Yeah. Some galleries are like mono. Mono is like <laughs> But um, you know, that's I don't like to dwell too much. Like I enjoy talking about the shitty stuff because I get really yeah, you get fucking like, worked up and you want to start. But yeah. at the same time, don't want to dwell too much on the shitty experiences. Yeah. But but there's know, plenty. They, I mean, there's plenty, and 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 I'm sure. I'm not sure. I know for a fact there'll be many more throughout yeah, my there life will be. because you're gonna because if you haven't had you know, any. You but if you work with it's people. Coming. It's coming. It's, it's, <laughs> there it is. And, and who who, who was that again? Andrew? Andrew, right? Andrew, it it's coming for you, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure it's already been there, too. <laughs> Starting now. No. We want to thank you for writing in your questions. <laughs> but, yeah. Oof. Yeah, maybe uh, if you keep listening to our podcast, I'm sure – uh, oh yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll reveal pop. itself. <laughs> yeah, the more problems, and I'm sure some will come up as we're doing it. So. Absolutely. All right, you know there there are more questions, but let's uh, let's save some for next week. So sorry if we didn't uh, um, get to get to your question. We will touch on it next week, week? for sure. And uh, and thank you for writing it. Honestly, it, it's 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 so nice to. To yeah, hear feels that people um, are are actually responding and typing in their computer yeah. our email address. And, and if and anybody it, has any more questions, you can hit us up at Twitter, Give Me Babble, yep. and you can hit us up at Give Me Babble at Gmail Yeah, if you have uh, more than however many characters it takes to ask a question, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's write to our Gmail, Give Me yeah. Babble at Gmail Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, we're gonna go. Uh, uh, we're we're we we gotta go and change our clothes or whatever. Have some lunch, and we're coming back with our first guest that we're yep. gonna be having here, which is artist Samuel Araya. Is that how you say his name? Araya. Araya. Samuel Araya, hailing us from Paraguay, South America. We're gonna uh, do some phone tests and hopefully have him here in five, four, three, three two. So you're you're down in Paraguay, uh, obviously. Yeah. We, we figured that out. How often do you get a chance to actually leave? Do you, do you... Oh, quite often, actually. Um, I usually at least go once a year to the United States. You know, visit some friends, and meet new people. Like last year, uh, what's last year? Yeah, last year I met you, David. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At, at last, right. Um, and probably this year I'm going to be again in New York City for a bit uh, around October near Halloween for Iluxcon. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if you're going to do it. I'm, like, I'm going to do it as well, I believe. So. Yeah, that that's in the plans. How how long have you been doing that? Did did you start traveling at a certain time? Like, uh, yeah, this became like a wanderlust kind of thing. Like you discovered, oh wow, I got to get out of here more often, kind of thing, or. Yeah, I, I started traveling once. I wasn't peace poor anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that always helps, right? Yeah, yeah you know, uh, travel is always fun. It really expands your worldview. Also, um, 
like here in Paraguay, our museums are rather small. Mm-hmm. So the first time I actually got to stand in front of an original painting, like a Rembrandt, for example, it was like, oh my God, this is Twilight of the Gods. Yeah, I, I, I never thought it would look like this because all my life I was consuming art either by the internet or by books. Yeah. And you don't get to see like, you know, when you run close into the painting and you see that uh, the likeness or the features or whatever is painted on that canvas mm-hmm. turns into a ghost and it's only, you know, splashes and yeah. and textures. Paint. Text, yeah. yeah. Never getting that true color, you know, and everything else from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was so mind boggling. Like I remember exactly the first time and it, it felt like just, standing into a different dimension it was, was so your, weird what was your first trip what was the first time you remember leaving and being like holy shit like uh my first trip was actually um in argentina around when i was 21 or something and that was very good because the museum in buenos aires it's it's got some really great pieces uh but it was it wasn't until i was 26 years old when i actually got to Europe um, and, you know, managed to hit the, the, the biggest museums like, you know, the, the British Museum, the Tate. Yeah, the um, yeah. And, and, you know, the first time uh, you stand in front of a pre-Raphaelite painting or a William yeah. Blake. Sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see I see a lot of that pre-Raphaelite uh, essence in your work, you know, that that John Waterhouse Oh, totally, totally. Arthurian legend (laughs) stuff. You know, that's, you know, that mixed with like this this sci-fi, like, uh, I don't know, like Frisetta and and Chris Foss and and the the Gigeresque kind of things. But I I definitely get like a heavy, heavy pre-Raphaelite. Sense. Yeah, totally. You know, seeing uh, John William Waterhouse for the first time, Mm. it was like, Mm. okay. It was yeah. like, okay, here's a bandwagon I want to jump into yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, one of like one of those like religious moments was in the Met um, about uh, two years ago. Like, I run into a corner and there's a, uh, one of the version of the Island of the Dead yeah. Yeah. by Buckling, I, I believe. I, mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering the name, but. That's okay. Something like that. Yeah, it's all right. You, about... bu- you butchered the word butcher, so that's okay. <laughs> the names are in the English language for you all week here. No, I problem. No, I problem. How many languages do you know, Hawkbomb? <laughs> yeah. How's and how many languages do I know? One. So. Well, oh. I, you know, I live most of my life in New York, so I know Spanish pretty <laughs> Yeah. And I have an ex-girlfriend, a Chilena ex-girlfriend, for like five years I was dating a girl. Oh, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, you do know a bit, yeah. So, yeah. cuidado. <laughs> no, I love that girlfriend. Good, good. No, so, so the Island of the Dead. Uh... Yeah, um, I wasn't aware that, you know, it was part of that collection. And that was like my favorite painting when I was a kid, that um, Tribe of the Dead by Bruegel. Mm. Oh, Again, yeah. forgive me if I... No, Peter Bruegel, is, yeah, that's, he's one yeah. of my favorites. He's, you know, we talked about him earlier. He's like one of my very first memory, like 
going online in my brain and remembering art, he was the one, you know, he really, you know, so uh, I, yeah, I get it. And you know, you know, as a kid, seeing that picture, like in, in a book for the first time, it was so amazing because it was like, man, maybe I can do this with me, with my toys. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah. every, every little bit of that painting is like a tiny, a, a new scene, a new story. Yes. And, you know, once you get into it, it's just so rewarding, like... And it's endless. It's, it seems yeah, like exactly, really exactly. take every little section and get in, involved in the story, every piece of yeah, the painting. Each detail its own painting and, and yeah. you know, it keeps growing and growing and growing. Yeah. No, we have yeah. a very, very similar, like, uh, connection with this kind of work because... I was also very young when I saw it, mm. and it, my, my connections were like to the Smurfs. So like I would play <laughs> with the Smurfs as if I, you know, was inspired by these Bruegels and and Bosch paintings, you know. But it was not quite as dark, but you know, the same the <laughs> same kind of houses instead of yeah. Towers of Babel. <laughs> well, I would use GI Joes anyway. Yeah, all the cobras. Yeah, all the cobras. <laughs> oh god yeah a cobra i i gi joe i did like i really meshed all my figures together my, <laughs> my gi joes my clash of the titans figures and my smurfs you know they were all like, they were all fighting as, as i grew older i didn't put one away i just accumulated <laughs> you know now now the star wars are playing with the smurfs and so on and so forth yeah and the cobras <laughs> had the coolest things like the the hiss tank and all that that shit they had some of the cooler <laughs> so did you did you was it from very early on that that you knew that you wanted to uh like pursue art and i mean were you always were you always creating as a, as a child well of yeah, course you were you, even with toys i yeah. guess you were right so yeah exactly uh you know uh, i would spend usually more time creating like the setting rather than actually playing any story with the toys yeah uh, but I, I i remember i always wanted to be um, an artist, but um, at some point during high school, I kind of realized that I suck at drawing. <laughs> so I, I decided, okay, maybe I can be a writer because that's obviously it's easier than drawing. Yeah, because whoops. you know, <laughs> I had this this really dumb idea that you're either born with the ability to draw or you weren't. And yeah. I would see like I wasn't the best draft man yep. in my in my class not even in my home like mom and dad will kick my ass drawing like <laughs> it was a competition right but it wasn't a competition but you know just yeah you put a little fire it. under your butt yeah yeah uh but um at some point uh while i was studying uh when i realized i i wasn't really that good as a writer or whatever um no, I actually rediscovered that I really love, you know, drawing and painting, uh, taking photographs, creating visual stuff. And at some point during graphic, uh, while studying graphic design, I kind of realized that it, if I keep doing this, my future probably was going to be like doing a logo or laying out mm -hmm. some some public, some stuff for advertising. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, fuck no. Mm -hmm. um, sorry for the profanity. No. <laughs> anyway. It's okay. Anyway, so I kind of jumped into that, and I thought, well, maybe if I use photography, I don't need to learn to draw. If, because, you know, every time 
you see a Dave McKean cover, you kind of yes. see. I don't know why I thought, well, this is probably easier because he, he doesn't, he's, he's not drawing everything. He's yeah. just taking photographs and photographs are easy. Uh, oh boy, I was so wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quickly found that out. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is actually, you know, what trying to do photo montage, like I actually started learning about uh, the principles of light and form and you know stuff like values local mm -hmm. value um core shadows and everything like that and eventually i started drawing and i just got better mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. now and now your process what what can you just run us quick through your process because it is very seamless and it's very difficult to tell like oh, what you. what you're using no you're welcome i mean it's you know, I don't like to pigeonhole art personally. <laughs> I don't like to say, oh, this is an illustration or this is a painting or this and that. You know, yeah. it's and because I've been personally dealing with this um, with my work, you know, and just referring to it as mixed media because yeah, once, once exactly. you start explaining, like, oh, I take a photograph, people are like, oh, so it's a photo. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you but cheated, you have to right? You have to understand. Like, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> the amount of work that goes into the, you know, so. <laughs> So I generally yeah. just say mixed media, you know, even when I'm not doing straight foot photography or mix or even using photography, I, I just say mixed media at this point, but I'm, I'm interested to in finding out the bones and the, the, the anatomy of your process a little bit, just, uh, out of my well, curiosity. Well, um, one of the things that I always wanted to be is like an editorial illustration. I wanted to do book covers because I love books mm. and being a part of the creation of a book is something so special for me and such a labor of love that I I just wanted to do that. Um, and for that sort of stuff, I usually um, start, you know, with a small thumbnail that I, I would do in acrylic and then I will scan it, overlay it with some photograph, probably uh, reference, uh, reference photos and then paint over that in Photoshop and then maybe print it out, paint over that, and then, you know, keep mixing it up. Um, for my gallery work, I started painting over photographs, um, but then I kind of moved into just painting over oils and uh, painting over, painting with oils, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Acrylic and oils. Um, and one thing um, that I remember for your first episode, uh, you took, when, you two were discussing about the process that I, I thought it was brilliant was when you two were talking about, well, you know, I made a sketch of this and then I took the reference photo and then you composed that and then you got to paint it and it, you feel like you already did the image already. Right. And yeah. what, what's maybe, what's the point of this, yeah. which I'm painting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, uh, lately, what I've been doing is essentially just, you know, dropping uh, oil, just dropping paint over a surface and then just whipping it out and seeing what comes out. Um, it's, yeah. it's amazing, man. It's amazing cause, because uh, when just like looking up stuff on you and doing some research <laughs> and that, I, I found this YouTube video of you with a photograph or, 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 or printout or something. It was a portrait. Yeah. And then you were taking watercolor and, and putting it over and then using a blow dryer. And it just looked like so much spontaneous 
fun and 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 in the moments and finding things and I it got super uh envious in the best way and then <laughs> really? jealous of, of it and I was just like god I got to like I got to get back to that side of what art means and what art should be about and that instead of because like of the whole over planning out of things and being able to find stuff you know well, it's a, it's a thing about getting locking yourself into a process mm-hmm. and keeping yourself open to process. I, th- this is how I keep myself from getting bored with myself or bored with, with making work. Uh, just the idea, I don't want it to be a labor. I want it to be, you know, it's a passion. And, and by introducing process, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps things spontaneous. And, um... You know, it's it's uh, you're a drummer, Stupakis. Yeah. Uh, you know, you like to move your arm like it's a multi-limbed thing. I'm a drummer as well. I I can make that analogy to that. It's like you got a one hand is doing one thing, another hand's doing the other. While the legs are doing other things, that's exciting for me. I like to keep like that keep myself guessing the, of yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> like having somewhat of a control over it, but at the same time, you know. It's like you know, orchestrating. You know, be you know, conducting an orchestra and making the paper and the and the the paints and all this stuff. Do it, do what it's gonna do. Or sort and of building this it. this Just, world of layers it, and, and, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Suggesting like suggesting the materials to do something and letting the materials sort of fall into place. And that's this mad these magic moments. And you're like, oh my god. And then at some point you're like, oh my god, I can paint. I know how to paint. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. even I didn't mean to. Yeah. You know, and then you feel guilty. It's like, oh, well, that'll never happen again. And then you just go it again. And you're like, oh, my God, I did it again. How did I do that? It's like, well, it's because you're fucking painting. You. You've been doing it over and over for Christ's yeah. sake. Give yourself some credit, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's, I mean, that that's why I wind up just using lots and lots of different media because I... Yeah. I find myself, if I stick to one thing, which I like to do as well, then I feel locked in. Then I feel like, okay, this is becoming labor. This isn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, 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 I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. You know? it, it, and, and, and that seems like something that you definitely do, Samuel, is where, like, you don't restrict yourself to using one kind of medium. Or, 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 or like, I was just looking uh, the other day at uh, your some of those new um, white and uh Oh, white yeah. and black yeah, uh, the, the works black and white, and so, yeah uh, the black and white yeah. works white the black and white works and, yeah. and, and, and it's 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 uh and it's just it's 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 just i don't know it's amazing to see where it's just you're you 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 keep yourself wide open you know i mean you can all tell that it's coming from this this one source and that but it's also very different in the same kind of way but it lives with all in that same realm if that makes sense you know Okay, first of all, I cannot express enough how incredible it is for me to hear this sort of comment on my work from you two guys. <laughs> it's extremely humbling and surreal at the same time. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well th- 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 this is why we, we like to have this sort of interaction with people like you, because we're, we're, we're you know, we're just other artists, too. And, you know, this is, uh, I mean, getting this same sort of feeling like from other people is something I really need to keep mm-hmm. myself going yeah. often as well to remind myself. It's like, Hey, this you know, kind of like, we're all in this kind of thing together. together. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to underwhelm it, but you know, um, anyway, anyway, 
your your yeah. your I mean your work is fantastic. I mean Thank we, you. we, we Thank could you. we could be like hugging each other all day. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that that will get kind of boring for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but no no but <laughs> what I was getting at with that though, it's, it's uh, just yeah. it's just with so when you approach work it's just more or less of how you're feeling at that day and that time and, and what type of medium you're gonna I, Obviously, I'm yeah. sure it's different if you're working for a deadline for a book or, exactly. or a video yeah. game or something like that. But yeah. well, well, how's how's your scene in Paraguay? Do you have like some colleagues? Do you have peers? I mean, do you have yeah, other French artists? Yeah. Or... Well, illustration. You know, um, most of the I, I hate this term, but the just for the sake of simplicity, sure. I'm going to use it. Like the old guard, it, mm-hmm. there are mostly people you know that grew up. Um, Looking at comics and they want the the their love. You can see that in their illustration that their their love is comic books. Yeah. And I, for some strange reason, I didn't came and to comic books until I was like a, a teenager. So I mostly I grew up either with cartoons or just books about art because um, my family decided that they wanted to have a if if we didn't have like much because we weren't exactly swimming in cash, yeah. um, but they wanted uh, the their my mom and dad wanted the children to at least read, so mm-hmm. we we got a, a shitload of art books um, stuff uh, books with you know pictures of animals in in the house. So yeah, that was essentially where where I got my my visual culture. Uh, but but right now, you know, illustration is something that is starting to get taken more seriously in Paraguay. Mm-hmm. Also, because we've been through dictatorships, we yeah. have this weird scenario where we don't actually have, you know, academy in Paraguay. Like we mm-hmm. don't have, like most of the con- of the artists at the time of the, the dictatorships weren't exactly re- rebel- rebelling against, you know, an institution that was teaching like you must draw like Leonardo da Vinci or like Raphael yeah. or whatever. Um, did Raphael draw or was a sculptor? Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure he did a bit anyway. of drawing. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that, that thing, um, that Ninja Turtle. Anyway, <laughs> so you know, um, doing uh, art that was like um, abstract and didn't stick to this idea of realism mm-hmm. was a, like a big a, a big uh, political and a big uh, important thing for our culture right yeah. so that can that sadly uh, resulted in something that i know you guys are experiencing also like art schools institutions right now are all about the contemporary like uh, you are doing traditional yeah. drawing and painting in the sense that you are actually trying to to learn anatomy and probably a teacher is going to not help you with that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> because um, they want something different from you and that's good because uh, and that's not that's not as evil as people usually think it is it's just a different point of view uh, but the problem is that we don't got uh, the, the the other option, you know, but with the internet, we actually started uh, a, as a collective. Collective, we started, you know, to realize that 
you know, we can access to this kind of information and there's actually, you know, a place in the world for this kind of art. Mm -hmm. And so... So do you guys have like groups of people that you formed to sort of yeah, share exactly. information yeah, and, exactly. and exactly. talk about each other's work? And... Yeah, and I, I, I not usually, uh, here's the thing, I, I'm a bit antisocial. I, I'm really the kind of guy who will be happy to just, you know, staying in the studio all day, not talking mm -hmm. to anyone and just painting. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. Yep. My, I, 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 I don't think I could ever, you know, get to an office and be a concept artist or anything like that. Well, for, that's the paradox. For, <laughs> for more than, artist, you know? than six months or probably it will kill me or something. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I you know, I, I just love, I, I, I like this idea of solitude. I don't think that solitude is something bad. Uh, but at the same time, I realize how important community is and community mm -hmm. building in terms of, you know, creating a culture and sharing education, uh, sharing information, mm -hmm. you know, establishing a, a, a system for education, for educating people. Um, I see that uh, being built around here and I realize how much, how much potential we got as a yes. collective. Again, like mm -hmm. I, I see people whose, whose work is blowing me away daily. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these people maybe don't have like the tools to present that work. Yeah, like a platform to show their work exactly. a venue and gallery. Yeah. yeah. And, and this kind of relates to this idea of, of me painting um, with different media, with whatever I feel like, uh, mm -hmm. or depending on the project. Uh, because I found out that usually, as an artist, you want to do everything. Um, the problem is that you usually do a little bit of everything, but you don't put it in and you don't collect it in a body of work. And mm -hmm. once you have a body of work, it's kind of yeah. when things click and uh, the people who see your work kind of realize and start associating you with that. Yeah, they recognize right? it, you through your work. Yeah, and, and they realize that suddenly you have like more like a purpose and like a, a like um a vision a goal, or... a vision exactly that yeah, yeah. you got a vision and you're realizing that and i i think that well, i don't think i, I believe and yeah. i see it as the as the truth that when people realize that you have a vision they really appreciate that like yes. yeah. they really yeah. appreciate your capacity as a creator to you know stick to your guns and do whatever you do with honesty and truth right yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of like the side of the coin that most artists that I know, at least, or people that I gravitate towards, are on the side of the truth and, and truth seeking and and, exactly. and and that journey of, of revealing oneself, yeah, revealing everyone yeah. else through your own voice because we are connected on this you know this collective unconsciousness that we're able to tap into each other's you know resonance by what's going on globally, by what's going on within our communities. And, you know, we are we can all make the same noise, but it's when, you know, someone barks out of turn, then you start <laughs> to recognize, you know, that. And then then people start to follow that bark, you know, and then, you know, it branches off. And it, it's a constant sort of challenge to navigate, you know, discovering your voice, maintaining it, and then 
changing it changing when the time is right. Change, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recognize the time for yeah. like, you know, navigation. Like, you could be really good at something. Doesn't mean you have to stop. You know, progressing. That's one thing, though. I find in this culture of art, or I don't even know what fuck culture, but like the one thing I find <laughs> in this world of art, what, what, I, I notice a lot of people are afraid though to change and to open up and to and and, and to and to try different things with their work because it I, I i see more people that feel like they they find that voice that they that they <laughs> mm-hmm. have built within them and then they keep hitting that that note i mean david me and you we're, have talked about under, it before but we're under a lot of pressure artists are under a lot of I pressure to, from different ages you know younger artists under pressure to progress to discover the voice to to, to make some sort of you know reaction to get get a reaction and for it to be an honest reaction, not something just from emulating or imitating. And then they have to make another reaction and there people are worried that, well, what if they don't like it again? Yes, yeah, exactly. you know, there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of pressure and it's hard to to know when to ignore those those things because it's not all bad because we do seek some sort of you know recognition or, or acknowledgement from our peers and from our friends and our public. and. But, you know, there's also a time when you have to re- realize that just to close the shutters and not not really pay attention to that because it's really just for the ego. When you need your ego filled, you know, then fill it. But you can't all be, you know, About artificial flavor all the time <laughs> yeah. and just producing artificial food. You yeah. know, it's just it's just it, it's it's sort of anti-productive mm-hmm. and. That's why I still like the myth of the artist being the lazy. You know, there's like a categorization <laughs> of the lazy artist. You know, it's like, man, you have to be on all the fucking time. You got to yeah. pay attention constantly. And yeah, it is ego driven because you're 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 honing in and you're you're you're, you're perfecting a tool. But you not, not to insult anybody, but you are the tool. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's definitely a lot of ego, but then you check, you know, check that ego, step back and see, you know, the bigger picture. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that, that, um, like, this, um, I believe that there's a point when you are, especially for me, when I was learning to paint and to draw, paint, draw and paint, like, when you, your ego gets torn to pieces, and it's incredibly humbling and it's actually extremely liberating experience mm-hmm. and that also relates you know to a lot of tradition magical traditions and rites of passage and uh, through history and time yeah uh but you know at the same time you you are trying to communicate what you are openly mm-hmm. and you're essentially naked to the world and yeah. i i i I just don't think that you necessarily um, are, you know, constantly building your ego. Like, uh, like you're, it's, it's more, at least for me, it's more like submitting to something greater than myself. Like I, I believe that um, I, as a human being, probably fucked up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but my work, it's a part of me that has a, a sacredness or a, it's like you're building your own it, mythology right i mean yeah and and it's something greater than myself at at, at the time 
because I, I know for a fact that uh, some people have looked at my work, and probably this happened to, to you too a lot, like people look at your work and they say, man, I really want to paint like that. I, you really inspire me to start painting, to, to cr be a creative. And, and that's something, you know, that <laughs> I, I, just, I just can't describe. It's the closest thing to a religious experience, I guess. Mm. Well, it's, it, it's, it's, it's getting, it's, it's this way of communicating, being part of this human chain, this cycle, mm -hmm. this onward, we're going on and on and on to hit through history. We keep going and going and going. And, you know, people need an inspiration. People need something to lift them. And a lot, a lot of people follow religion that lifts them up. You know, myself, uh, you know, I, I'm inspired by art and, and, you know, and nature. And when I see a great artist, or I see a beautiful movie or hear a beautiful song, you know, that, that lifts me up, you know, and, and puts ideas in my head and f to find my connection uh, with every, with everything else that's going on. It's like, it puts me in tune. It harmonizes me with, 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 with the rest of the world, what's going on. And that's, I mean, that is so self-fulfilling, you know, to, to feel that, that connection with, with people that get along different age, you know, age ranges from like the younger to the older to people who are dead, you know, and hopefully down the line when I'm in dust, you know, somebody could come across something I've done and that would, you know, inspire them to continue the, 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 you know, the procession. Yeah. Have it them to, yeah, to affect them. Yeah. 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 How do you feel about that, David, for example? You know, I, I, I mean, there's nothing more rewarding when somebody ends up seeing a piece and, and, and tells me how it affects them, especially if they see it in a way that it was never meant to be like, like, in a way that I didn't initially attend it. Like, to me, it means something completely different. That's the, mm -hmm. one of the big, I mean, I, I'm kind of going in a different direction with this, but that's kind of the reason why a lot of times I don't like talking about my work because my work is so yeah. personal to me. It shouldn't have the same meaning for you of what it has for me. You should be able to get from it what you get from it, you know? And that I don't mind talking about the meaning of certain things, but it's just I usually attend not to want to because it's like, oh, well, it's going to instantly turn your idea completely opposite from what you were yeah. really liking about it to begin with, you know? Because yeah. to me, this painting reminds me of uh, when I lost my friend. But to you, it might remind you of the birth of your daughter or something, you know, like, you know, so it's like, uh, it's, it's got these crazy dualities yeah, and, to and, it. And by know? creating the work, you've already put it out there, the yeah. explanation, that is the explanation yeah. where, you know, we, we use a visual language to describe things. I love to talk about paintings that I do, but I don't find it's necessary to have to explain and and having somebody else explain it is kind of like, okay, I, I did this painting. Now you owe me, give me an explanation because I want to get something else out of it that I wouldn't have thought of myself. Like you said, like people coming up with an explanation that you wouldn't consider because it's from their personal experience. Yeah, Different things are triggering me memories of their own, you know, whether it's colors or shapes or, or even a likeness in a face reminds you of somebody, you know, so those triggers getting, you know, being able to trigger other people's subconscious is such a, it's, you know, it's like this tool we don't understand. It's like magic. We don't know how things work. We don't know how things are doing it, but it's fun to play. Yes. You know, it's fun to do it. And like, that's what, you know, and that's what creating, yeah. what, whether it's sculpture, 
dancing, whatever. That's magic to me. That's what that is. It's it's it's, it's yeah. that essence of, of of birthing something that into this world of existence that didn't exist to begin with, and that and then you're now giving it life and giving it physical uh, uh, a physical place. So and uh, and there's a conversation being had. There's a discussion without language, without words. There's yeah, there's a language exactly without words. Yes, language. and if we, and like when you bring that into the world, right? It's it's this yeah. thing that that now is allowing talk you know like life yeah. to be to be had to it because now people are going to talk about it whether they hate it whether they love it whether they whatever so yeah somewhere else i was going but i fucking forgot <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. it's all yeah. right it's good it's great um there's also this this thing i've been thinking a lot lately like um especially about that uh, when we were, we were talking about bruegel mm-hmm. and that this guy painted an image that transcended space and time and reached me out, touched the very core of my soul and changed my life forever. Yes. And isn't that, isn't that like the most that's, amazing it, thing? For me, that's <laughs> immortality. This is what, yeah, exactly. yes. what yes. as a human being with, with having, having the, you know, hardwired that I am with a brain and an ego and an id, I want to be immortal and I want to live forever. <laughs> yeah. No, you want to be a vampire? <laughs> yeah, but I, I wanted to be a teenage vampire. I don't want to look like oh. this forever. I want to be a vampire uh, like 20 years ago. Like, like Twilight I, or some shit. Yeah, I want to be you know, a young, strong, handsome Sparkly. Yeah, <laughs> I want to sparkle all over. I'm going to glamour, <laughs> like true blood. I want to glamour you. But, uh, oh, boy. I, I don't need to be a vampire to glamour. No, but you know what I mean. It's like that, that sort of idea of, of, you know, immortality and even time travel. You know, these concepts at this point only exist in our in our minds you know yeah, exactly. and we're able to, to to pass through memories you know other people's existence and pre-existence and and that's very exciting because that's all we have to play with right now we don't have we have we don't have the math yet we don't understand the mathematics it takes to actually move from one place in time physically and be aware of it and be like oh I'm back in time now you know <laughs> we, we did we do it but we're like or like in a form of gas, and we're like, I have no thought or memory. <laughs> I, you know? And so it's possible that that's happening. But right now, as it stands, you know, the only holes that that we have are triggers of visuals. That's why I love staring at the sky and clouds and the ocean because it could be anywhere, anytime, and you sort of triggers a memory of you doing the same thing somewhere else, and and you get transported, you know, mm-hmm. in your mind and you get that feeling and it's brief but you know it's it's something mm-hmm. you know? yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah that's what that's one of the reasons why i keep staring you know at the sea i hope to see the loch ness monster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of <laughs> england out of the uk sorry to all our mates out there we, we apologize yeah. Yeah. so so I mean, you, uh, you, you, you found your way to, you know, develop a skill in Paraguay and make get your ass to travel around the world. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean if for somebody who is, you know, in a part of the world where it is difficult to to move around to get out, 
I mean, how how did you manage to pull it off, or or how would you? How would somebody be inspired to be able to 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 do the same thing, like just to? Well, the the motivation is uh, it's obvious, you know. It's just something that. Um, well, once like, you realize what you want, you have a and you that you have a purpose. You can also realize that you are the only one. The you have a responsibility, and you're the only one who is to blame if that fails, mm. yeah. because you are uh, the. It's cliche, but you know you are the master of your fate. Absolutely. And um, also, the internet war helps a lot <laughs> because. Oh, sure. It's amazing. I, I, yeah, I had access to a, a lot of new information. As a matter of fact, I. I managed to create a body of work that much later in my career um, uh, gave me a um, scholarship within an online um, institution that is now sadly dead and buried, but I managed to meet uh, a lot of very inspiring in individuals and very talented teachers. Like, and mm -hmm. um, it's, again, it was extremely surreal because I got the opportunity to to speak about painting with people whose names I knew because they were um, in books at, that I had read at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was just so mind-boggling because uh, in my head, these people were like either gods or rock stars. Like, yeah, they were yeah, like, sure. uh, sorry, no photos, not speaking about paintings right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, you get to meet these people, and they're the same like you. You know, they paint a lot better, but they are the same as you. They have, you know, insecurities. So they, one they, pant leg at a time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we are all in the same place, like trying to figure shit out, and feel being driven by this overwhelming sense of responsibility that uh, we we gotta do this. Yeah. So, so you, so you went online and you, you seeked out some, you know, like, with scholarship or, or how did you come across the first thing that got you to start traveling? Like, how did you come across it? Was it something you were Googling or did you somebody give you the information or? or oh, or... well, um, you know, I'll, you always want to travel, especially when you <laughs> uh, when uh, when you live in a small country, I, I don't want to diss my country, by the way, but no, it's just no, like, no, you know. uh, after 10 years, you know, walking the same way to go to downtown and, sure. and get back and, you know, even try it every different way you can, it feels the same. Yeah. You, no, every... you, you kind of develop a wanderlust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, the first time I actually decided to travel was I, after, um, something really bad happened and I lost a lot of my uh, work. At the time, I, I was essentially a digital artist working for a small gaming companies. And I lost a shitload of work due to something very bad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, fuck it. I need a vacation. I, need I gotta to get away. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get away. Oh, run then, with yeah. the wolves. Yeah. And I need to get back and get this Oh, figure all the shit out and pull my shit together and do whatever other stuff you gotta do with your shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that it, 
Yeah. It was a big challenge presented itself to you and you had sounds like you had very little choice yeah. but to sort of regroup and figure it out but it, it you also you, it seems like you figured it out. You got yourself sorted. Yeah, absolutely. A bit just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, all, that's, that, that's all we all have, right? Just a little bit. Yeah. Just work it out as, a... as we go. The, now, with the traveling, because I know you've done some teaching, right? So with the traveling, yeah. was that with the traveling? Did the teaching come from the traveling, or were you traveling from home? I, I mean, were, were you teaching from home? No, I, I mostly teach for uh, from home right now, yeah. uh, mostly because, uh, you know, when you work with an institution, either I, uni- I used to teach at a university here and it's just you don't have control over the people who's coming into class like you get a lot of people who really really don't want to be there (laughs) okay yeah i think it's going to be a lot easier than it really is (laughs) yeah and 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 you know that's got to be difficult frustrating for you yeah to try to like you know impart this knowledge on people that don't they don't, they don't, give a they f- don't want to learn. You know? yeah. that's, hard, that's frustrating, heartbreaking. Uh, and also, you know, you got to treat them with the same respect and the same patience. And I'm not especially patient sometimes <laughs> with people, you know, that, that really aren't, really don't want to be there and really don't want to, Put in the to really don't appreciate what it is, you know, yeah. to draw and paint to create thing. They just want, you know, to get uh, a, uh, whatever you get at the end of school and use yeah. that to get a job and yeah. do whatever they want. No, it, it makes uh, you feel arbitrary. It makes you feel like, what's the point of me even being here? And, yeah. and, that, and then you have to carry that with you when you go home and you're trying to work. And it's not that, oh, now I feel useless, but somebody put their uselessness onto you and you have to carry that. And, and that's yeah. that's tough. That's a tough part about teaching. That's why I the the idea of teaching, I mean, is very brave for because I I also very short fuse and you very, no way. very <laughs> I don't appreciate that day. No. <laughs> no, it's you know, but I, but at the same time, I, I love you know, it's a paradox. I love sharing information on people who are enthusiastic about it you know like when you were with a group of people and they're interested in knowing and they're you know and you're you're giving them that knowledge that you work so hard to 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 accumulate and they're excited and that that becomes like that that energy bounces back and forth and that keeps you going but but being in a room full of people who are just like looking at their phones or you know you know just like uh drawing whatever just to doing the motions that's like yeah, um, um, here's uh, like uh, a bit of a tale, something that happened to me last year. Mm. I got a nasty bout with clinical depression. Essentially, I was, I was being knocked down by the depression for about a month. Mm-hmm. But during that month where I hardly had any, any, any you know, uh, willpower to do anything, the only thing that actually keep me, you know, keep me with discipline and focus was having to teach. Like mm. I knew that there was a group of people who were sacrificing their time and money mm-hmm. to get here to my home to learn. Mm-hmm. And 
that sense of responsibility again helped me out to you know reach out for people and get help and right now i'm much better and everything seems like just a bad joke in the past but but teaching uh again art and teaching gave me this idea that i'm part of something that is greater than myself and this uh, the the being part of this, I, I gotta at least, you know, honor it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like you have, you know, uh, uh, you you have a certain respect and, and honor in in your character, which you know, <laughs> I think is a very important trait for people to have. Absolutely. Honor in their character because uh, you can pretend for so long to have it in your work, but if you don't have it in your ca- in your personal character, it'll show through, and. It's it's good to to not just be all about yourself, you know, because that's tiring as fuck, especially mm-hmm. with dealing with things like depression, man. Because I myself, you know, I, I find myself in holes that, that I I oh, don't yeah. know how I would have gotten out if it wasn't for the help of my closest friends or even outside. You know, the, at the worst of times, it's best getting help out of people who are not my friends because it's good to have a very unbiased opinion given to me like somebody first of all who's trained in it who thinks academically about depression rather than somebody who knows me and will either be careful with what they say to me or who don't have enough knowledge of recognizing my my patterns of like if i keep repeating a thing that i'm talking about people who know me won't notice it because they are around me all the time but somebody who doesn't know me who's just keeping an eye out, will recognize it and then be like, hey, you know, do you realize that you've said this like eight times? Be like, no. And <laughs> oh. then that opens a door. You're like, okay. Yeah. You know, they, 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 you know, so yeah, it's um, having something that is beyond you to get yourself right with yourself is, uh, is a helpful tool, you know, mm-hmm. and and teaching is is a great thing. I love learning. I love sharing. And I because when you teach, I don't know if you if you yourself get this, Samuel. But when you're teaching, you find you're getting you're learning it simultaneously. Are you getting stuff? Yeah, totally, uh, totally. There's without doubt, you know, uh, one day one student comes out in class and asks a questions or shows you a doodle, or shows you um their personal work and it's okay where did where what's where did all of this came from like mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah and you know you start again you start a conversation you start a community mm-hmm. and you realize you realize that you are part of that procession and he is going he or she is going into He's going to be a part of that as well, and he or she starts teaching as well, and or they get published or they get a show, and you you learn and you not only learn you get surprised by people like you know today with social media it's so easily to get bored and depressed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 All you have to do is yeah. turn your phone on, look yeah. at the news, yeah. and yeah. you're like. Fuck you! I think, I think, you know it's it's so easy just to, and it's easier to be more of a recluse and be even more isolated. Keep mm-hmm. yourself away from people, you know, because yeah. 
That's why it's, it's a, good to fucking unplug from that shit. But the, the, one thing, too, uh, I want to say about the whole teaching side of it, too, is that I always find, too, when I'm trying to talk through how I work or why I, or why I do something, and when mm-hmm. I put that into word formula, it makes me realize more about w- what I'm doing, you know, and, and, oh, and, yeah. and who yeah. I am as an artist and go, oh, shit, I didn't even realize that I do that with my work because it's never yeah. been put into words because you've just paint this way and you do this, yeah, you learn this you, way you, you, you absolutely you, know. you learn you learn how to articulate yourself and and to describe your work mm-hmm. and i think it's a it's a you know on the same note as okay you don't i don't feel it's necessary to, to explain your work i think it's at the same time very helpful to be able to explain your work oh, absolutely. To, to talk yeah. about your work to communicate you know in words what you're doing it's not like oh if you don't do it you're 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 a fuck but you know you should practice by you know just you know talking about other people's work is a great way to learn how to discuss your own work Mm -hmm. because you're unbiased you know you you you're so harsh on yourself you you wind up being such a critic to yourself that when you start talking freely to somebody who you're not trying to hurt you're trying to give them constructive criticism so that they can improve or things that you recognize so that they could recognize. And then you start to realize that you could talk about your own work this way. You start to investigate how to discuss your work so that when you do meet somebody in uh, a setting, let's say you're, you meet an artist that you admire, or you meet a, a, a gallery owner that you you're interested in working with and they ask you off the cuff to talk about your work, boom, you're ready yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, you don't have yeah, to be like, yes, uh, yes. Uh, 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 you know, yeah. you can, you can at least. And that used to be me, that guy. <laughs> here's something here's something i haven't met a single artist who doesn't read to who doesn't fear who doesn't hate writing artist statements oh, right yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's but why i hired somebody to write mine because yeah. the format the format is always the same like the artist can change but the format is like born here blah 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 it's all very cold very in like overly formal, or if somebody tries to do something different, then it's too artsy. It's like, from the stars, I sprang the uterus <laughs> of Mother Earth. It's like, okay, oh, fucking give me this pretentious shit. So either it's too pretentious or it's too boring. You know, it's the yeah. artist's fucking statement. Doomed and you forever. always, you know, you, you got to always use the word juxtaposition. My word is always <laughs> juxtaposition or... Yeah, anything yeah. or the human but, condition <laughs> you know, yeah. get so sick of those words and then you're like speaking of yourself in the third person you're just like i am so pretentious i yeah. david hates david <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but but at the same time you know it's a wonderful opportunity to actually you know uh, do what david was saying that think about your work and be conscious about it because uh, we all, you know, paint uh, from the gut or, or from the heart or whatever. It's your personal, you know, organ in the human body <laughs> of your preference. I, I, I paint from the pillars. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but, but when it comes, you know, uh, to putting words into that, it's just such an incredible uh, learning experience. Um, and that kind of relates, you know, to magic in theory and practice because magic is a science of language because we format the world through language and language is essentially the way we define reality. And we're actually, you know, 
giving this very intangible thing that we reach out when we create art and we are actually manifesting itself in a way that somebody else is going to uh, understand or even we are going to finally understand why we are doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like an ever-evolving um, language. Like we stopped, we stopped making new languages. If anything, we're killing off languages more and more and more. But the the visual language and like music, you know, these are constantly being reinvented and uh, and and practiced. And it, everything is you know individually based, which is really nice. So that you know everybody's accent could be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know. What, what, what do you got going on? Is there anything that you're working on now? Any current projects you're working towards or any shows coming up or what's up? What's on your schedule? I'm not sure. I... <laughs> <laughs> you better find out. Yeah, I, I had a show lined up uh, in, um, in June and one in April, I think. Uh, I got a... Um, I, I'm just waiting, you know, confirmation from the, the curators. Um, but right now what I'm trying to do is at least one picture of a monstrosity a day, a mm -hmm. painting of a monstrosity a day. Yeah. So I got this paper. I don't know if you guys ever use it. I, it's called Yupo paper. Ooh, no. Well, it's essentially a thin piece of plastic. So the, the surface is super smooth. Like animation uh, cell or something? Or, or... Yeah, well, I think an animation cell is acetate, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, you got me. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't uh, know. Well, well, essentially, it's super smooth, mm -hmm. uh, but still, uh, you know, paint will stick to it. Um, and the wonderful thing about this is that you get to move paint around, right? Wait, is it because... opaque or is it clear? Oh, no, 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 it's opaque. Okay, all right. Let me show you. Let me see it, baby. Ah. All right. It looks like a piece of paper. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> but it's actually plastic. Uh, it's actually, a bit, think mm -hmm. about it like a, a very thin piece of plastic. So that with the slow drying time of oils, mm -hmm. you know, you get to play a lot. Uh, you, you get a lot of playtime. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, drop paint over this and try to find a monster every day because mm -hmm. I love monsters yep. and I love robots. And mm -hmm. I gotta paint more monsters, and then I can move on to rubber. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you yeah. you have a schedule. Your schedule's laid out. I got uh, monsters yeah. in uh, February. I got robots in March. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, um, I'm doing that in between jobs, and every time I wake up, um, you know, it keeps me alert. It keep it. It keeps me um, fresh. Yeah, man, that that sounded awful. Like no, no, no. Hey, man, okay. gotta stay fresh. So fresh, yeah, so clean. The Samuel, do you separate the the idea of like, or does it all feel the same to you? But commercial work versus gallery work, or or personal work, or or you know what I mean? Is there is there a separation there, or does it all feel the same? Uh, that's a very good question, actually. Yeah. I don't think there's a separation for me, but I think there's a clear separation for everybody else, yeah. um, especially you know for galleries and curators. For yeah. example, um, we all know that uh, traditional media sells better than digital painting when it comes to a gallery. Uh, you know, being yeah. a gallery, yeah, like a collector is 
probably um, I know a lot of people who make a really good amount of money with prints mm. and I believe that prints have a very important value and there's a lot of stuff that you need we need to say with digital art yet yeah. um, but you know collectors probably aren't going to jump straight for the digital print in front of him uh, because there, there are those, different there are different levels of collectors yeah, there's yeah. different levels of collectors there's you know, yeah people are you know have to start off somewhere sometimes or some people just happen to want a print this time but yeah i totally yeah. know what you mean people like stuff that are that hands of the artists have been on and are unique one of a kind kind of thing yeah so that 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 is going to be like the main difference for me like the medium the medium is rather important especially when you're working uh for uh, a gallery for a publisher it doesn't matter that much sure, even if sure. there's even if there's a, a really strong um group of people who collect um you know illustration work right yeah uh, but uh when it comes to working for a gallery you know for a show or working for a book that I got to illustrate for me the core is always the same because you know you can that's, argue that yeah that's what I was that, wondering because like the, the, the whole process is pretty much probably the same for you other than maybe at some points you from doing uh, uh, you know too much digital work you might fiend to get your hands dirty and, and get messy yeah. with paint versus and then after you do that for a while you're I'm sure you're probably eager to get back to digital because they're kind of fueling both uh, worlds you know yeah, uh, what you do essentially is, you know, you take something, uh, let's say when you're working for a personal painting, you take a personal experience and you're processing it and you are arriving to a, a, a question or a conclusion or whatever, uh, an image that you want to paint, right? Which is essentially the expression of having uh, experienced something in your life yeah mm -hmm. and when you're working with books it's the same you know at least for editorial illustration what i like about editorial illustration at least the kind of editorial illustration that i that i do and let's see how many times i can stick the word editorial editorial illustration. Illustration. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what editorial illustration is editorial it's illustration is editorial <laughs> and it was, uh, that, that but, uses illustration anyway. Yeah. So uh, what I do is essentially, you know, uh, people hire me for the way I see things and for the way I process yes. things, right? So I recently uh, I, I got to do one of my favorite uh, books as a kid, and I can't say the name of the book <laughs> because uh, I'm under a non-disclosure yeah, yeah, agreement. Yeah, 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 but, sure. But I, I do the same thing that when I'm when I'm painting for myself, um, essentially just taking one different source of information. Uh, in this case, it's not something that randomly happens, but it's something that I choose, yeah. right? Yeah. Again, because when you're working for yourself, sometimes you just act uh, based on an instinct, subconscious, uh, or, or or whatever. But in this case, you just get presented a book, you get to read it. And you process that and you present it again, doing the same thing. You either paint a question or a conclusion or something that you in your vision 
and in your personal history think it's relevant. Yeah. Yes. Right? And is, is there one, I mean, I don't think you really need to even have one, but do you prefer one process over the other? Do you, do you sometimes? I, I got to admit that, you know, uh, a lot of my work, it's inspired in books anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's me. really, it's, yeah. it's better when you're getting yeah. paid for it up front, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like, and, <laughs> yeah. And, you know. Oh, go on, Samuel. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go, no, you, you, you go well, ahead. Well, the, the, the one... Th the other question I had about this whole thing was the idea of uh, <laughs> I get excited. Uh, it was the idea of like like there seems like a lot of play within your personal work, right? And that yeah, exactly. Do you find is like I don't do you work on a Cintiq or a tablet or do you or like like when you're doing digital work? Uh, I, I work in a Wacom tablet. Yeah, okay, it's not yeah, a yeah, yeah. Okay, so it doesn't do. Yeah, that's what I got. I got one. The, uh, yeah, uh, I yeah, got yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. The same so, exactly. So, so the uh, um, um, so do you find as much play though when you're doing the digital work where you're like finding oh, stuff? Oh, uh, that, that, yeah, that's a question that a lot of people have. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who say that uh, digital feels like a, a boa constrictor. That is, you know, because you got so much control. But one thing that I actually want to do with my digital work is actually be extremely rough with the digital tools. So when you are masking something in Photoshop or when you're doing a, um, a selection, instead of, you know, going neatly with the uh, eraser and, you know, softening the edges, maybe, you know, keep it with all the rough edges, you know, the, the ugly stuff of Photoshop and try to counter that um, to create something that is actually beautiful or in, interesting, you know? More organic because, too, right? I mean, it's like yeah, it has more of an organic, yeah, organic. feel to it. And the, the way I work, you know, a lot of people think that I actually, you know, plan the reference shots. Yeah, that's what uh, I yeah, exactly. The, the photography, and I do to a certain extent, but most of the time what I would do is, you know, open a file in Photoshop, throw in a bunch of photography. The light sources will be all different. Yeah. And I just, you know, try to compose something with that, try to find an harmony and then paint over that. So that's why, you know, photo montage and working with photography, it's been always something that I managed to keep it fresh mm -hmm. because sometimes I will have like, uh, there's something that happened recently. Like I, I found out that a lot of people who work with photography, uh, of course, they want the best camera, right? And, you know, I would love to have an hassle that. Yeah. Of, that costs around uh, fifteen hundred, no, fifteen thousand dollars yeah. or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, digital. Yeah, yeah. you need yeah. like sixty thousand dollars for the whole package. I actually found out that for my process, at least, where I'm not that concerned about the image quality, downgrading my equipment and actually getting a smaller camera and a small, a different, a smaller sense, uh, a, a smaller set of lenses helps me a lot because I got to fill all the blanks of that lost information oh, in, you know, in the lack of yes. resolution. How fortunate for you. I need a shitty camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was amazing. Like, oh my God, I need a shitty camera. I wonder how much, you know, a shitty camera that I like cost. Oh, $700. Well, 
There's not much difference anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that's still a lot of fucking money. Listen, I, I took me, it took me so long just to get the guts to buy a digital camera because I was terrified of the prices and of not knowing, do I need all this stuff? Do I need to have this kind of lens? Yeah. Do I need to have this kind of sensor? Do I need that many megapixels? You know, so... Yeah. I was very worried about putting money down on something because I've always shot film. You know, photography has been the root of my work, but, you know, I've always used old cameras, stolen cameras from my school, you know, or like get, like I've done trades, you know, of artwork for cameras, you know, accumulating somehow. And then finally I had to buy, I had to go buy a new camera, my first new camera ever two years ago. It's like the first time I ever bought a camera, like brand new. And I was so scared because I didn't know how good I really need to get the kind of work that I like to do. Because like you, I like to take the, my work and I like to, you know, I like to beat the shit out of the final product, yeah. make a really nice print and then just like work on top of it. And so why would I need to spend all this money for this great thing if, you know, if, if these fuck ups and these, you yeah. know. These is less, you know, substantial images, but actually work for my benefit, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, that's um, it's that's the nice thing about Mixpedia is that you 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 learn to work with whatever tools you find, even like shitty brushes or or shitty yeah, paper. Exactly. Then you then you get to learn the tool and hopefully. Okay. You know. I, I got a question for you too. Um, so, David, I, I assume that you work um, you work a lot in in you know developing film traditional film right yeah um the other day <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, so, so i was like I, at first i was like which one samuel talking yeah, to yeah yeah <laughs> okay okay <laughs> anyway so uh, uh you work with developing film and i was wondering if you how was you know the transition from developing films with chemicals to photoshop and um, for you, another David, David Stupakis, <laughs> I wonder um, how you uh, how you manage, uh, wh what did you do in order to keep your painting organic? Because I, I see that you really appreciate that. Um, like you leave stuff unfinished in the sketchbook and then try to fill it, fill it in or I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, you go first, Sokbom. Okay. Well, um my transition to Photoshop and digital is current. Like I literally have okay. begun, like I, I've, I've, I've been aware of it, Photoshop for many years, but my printer was my, one of my good friends in New York, Mark Sobjek. Yep. He was a master printer. He knew paper, he knew pr paper profiles, he knew Photoshop, he knows all this stuff super well. So Incredible. I was very dependent on his knowledge. I only in the past year and a half, two years now, I've been making the transition to a digital darkroom, you know, mm -hmm. as far as print output, because I feel like I, I, I postponed it for a long time because I was very diehard old school. I like the output of silver paper. I like the darkroom. I like that kind of control. And I like the paper was very, you know, uh, strong. Tactile. Yeah, the tactileness. And it, it could take the abuse that I knew I needed for the studio when I was doing transfer work, when I was doing painting overlays and whatnot. So I was very, you know, I knew my material. That was my material for decades. Like, I'm not fucking with it. But, you know, the combination of accessibility 
to dark rooms and the quality of output that exists now is so good that I'm like, okay, I'm willing to give it a chance. And so I've been making the slow transition, learning about Photoshop. It's a lot of stuff that I learned from watching my friend. And also, you know, if I get confused, I go on YouTube and I watch it. Oh yeah. Boring ass, you know, like skip forward, skip forward, skip forward. Okay. I just, that's all I needed to know. It's like, where's that fucking button? Where is that button? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. YouTube's the best. A lot of these like, um, you can get these presets, you know, for Photoshop that, that, you know, for automatic overlays. And I don't, I like to use them to dissect them. So I'll take a preset and I'll use it on a picture that I like the result. And then I'll, I'll dissect that preset to see, okay, this went up in the contrast. This had an overlay mask. And then I find all the anatomy of that. And then this way I can make my own version of it, you know, uh, later. That's interesting. So I don't have to use their structure. You know, because that's pretty much how I learned how to, you know, dissect and, you know, uh, painting and mixed media. It's like I learned how to ma master print and then I learned how to fuck it up in the darkroom, you know. So it's working, working in, in reverse in that way. And, and it's like opening up curiosity. It's like uh, opening up to see how the insides work. So that I've been learning Photoshop in that manner. It's a slow process, but it's exciting because it is a new, a new media which I, you know, I love process. I get stuck in it. I'm a little bummed out about how sedentary it is, how you sit still and your wrist is killing you after your eyes mm. are burning for staring at a computer. But, you know, it's it's a cool, exciting new process. Compared to the darkroom, I, I do love the darkroom. I don't miss the chemistry because uh, over like 20 years, I developed a, um, uh, a, a skin condition where if I'm in the presence of, stop bath for more than 30 minutes uh, my skin breaks out you know the fixer wow. you know I, I start to like have trouble breathing you know it's an accumulative process that that i developed with the, the chemicals so it's i it's part of the reason too why i wanted to step away from darkroom you know and it's digital digital is taking over everything the the accessibility to it is much easier and i like the autonomy of it being able to like not depend on I was always depending on dark rooms being available and there mm. were less and less public dark rooms. I don't want one in my home. I don't want all that chemistry in my house. Mm. You know, the other ones were closing down. I didn't have access. I only had certain hours. So I like autonomy. I want to print when I want to print, you know, mm. I want to be yeah. able to do it when I want to do it, you know? And you know, the only drawback has been this um, time it's taking for me to like get the print to look Boom. how I want the fucking print because there's Learn so many layers of, like from screen to printer, you know, from the kind of paper, there's so many different kinds of papers and you have to get the right profile, just right in the calibration. So it's like, it's a pain in the nuts, but it's a very exciting challenge mm -hmm. that I, that I, that I'm enjoying with, with the, uh, this digital process, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm really, I, I, I like, um, I'm enjoying this, uh, the, the complexity of it, but, you know, I just kind of want to know a few tricks. You know, I don't want to, I'm not so much like the, 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 the wedding photographer, or the sports photographer. <laughs> I need to like have all these super, you know, I don't want to know everything about like, you know, making Photoshop magic, you know, I just need a couple of fucking tricks. And then, then, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. this I'll do in the camera, you know, and I still actually, you know, 
I've been shooting in digital, but I've been going back to my film camera and still shooting in film. And now my next step is scanning, you know, scanning negatives because, you know, it's, it's, it's an, another art, another fucking talent and skill I got to pick up. There's, there's so many ways to scan perfectly. You know, it's like, that's the problem with digital. It's like so many fucking layers to every step, <laughs> step of the way. Yeah. And everyone costs so much money. It's like, oh, yeah, you want to be able to do this? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, that's $2,000. Like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I find with fucking Photoshop, too. It's like, I've been using it since 1990, I don't know, four or something like that. And Wow. And, uh, <laughs> Actually no, maybe no, maybe later. I think I think I think ninety ninety seven or something. But anyways, in the nineties, and I still run into people where and but I taught myself how to do it. Um, uh, that's why earlier I don't know if I said it here, but I was saying to you earlier, David. Always say yes to a project and then learn how to do it after. It was like for a video game yeah. company where they needed a Photoshop artist, and I was like, they're like, yeah. do you need Photoshop? And I said, I mean, do you know it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then like stayed up for like three you days. Can imagine. But anyway, it's this thing where it's I've used it for so long, but I still run into people now where they're like, hey, you just use this hotkey and you do this and do that, and I'm like, what the, the fuck? You know? Yeah, all these shortcuts. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was doing learn... all this other shit. You know? Yeah, you learned on your own. And so you're doing it. I, I take the long road. I always take, you know, with the, with the work, there's a couple of shortcut keys I know, but yeah. for the most part, I'm like, I really. Control like, Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the one I know the best. Control yeah. save. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, that's the most yeah, important yeah. one that I, that I have to yeah. keep doing. But um, yeah, it's, it's, um, there's, I, I'm doing it the caveman way for sure. You know, I'm not a techie. Yeah. You know, I, I know some stuff about technology, but like, it's, it's like, I don't want my head to get too deep into it too. Just like, I don't want my head to get too deep in regular photography or painting or anything. I like to keep my, my hands swimming on the surface of every little bit of, of media, you know? I like, yeah. I like when you get into digital though, because I like, and that's what I was talking to you earlier about, where it's like, I like when you can get away from it. And uh, mm -hmm. and then you get back into the physical medium and you're playing around getting dirty and that. And then it's like, and then after I do that long enough, it craves for me to get back to mess around yeah. digital. Because for me, I mean, when you say the organic side of it, I think the most organic thing is, is the sketches that I do or or mm -hmm. like or, or even the really rough prelim things that I do for ideas that nobody ever sees uh, uh, for a painting. I think that's probably as organic as, as the work ever gets. And then um, I do a lot of... Uh, if I'm trying to get down colors real quick or whatever, I'll bring it into Photoshop and I compose a lot in Photoshop and that's where the story really starts being told and the mood of it and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I use that for the reference of the actual painting itself. My paintings are not organic at all. Um, it, it, I feel they're, 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 uh, you know, I love what I do, but they're very well planned out, you know, and they're very well, um, that's why I was saying what you brought upon earlier it's like you already have all this shit together it's like why the fuck even do it you know well the reason why to do it is because it's not physically yeah. living yet you know and it's mm -hmm. not in this world yet and that and um and and uh my obsessive compulsiveness of working and, and loving to tweak things and get so in there is why they lose that organic side of it but I, I didn't always paint that way, so I am very eager at some point. I know this this way of painting is going to eventually get old to me, even though I've probably been 
working to get to this point for the last 20 years, you know, but, 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 but I know that this will eventually get old and I, and, and I will get into that idea of where, but, but, you know, but here's something you're not arm's length away and working on a painting. But David, David, do you something you're not noticing about yourself? Cause you've been, we've been talking about you wanting to loosen up and blah, blah, yeah. blah for, for Forever. a long time. I know, I know. And, but what you have don't notice is that you have been, yeah. loosen up and i don't know if you because you can it's hard to step outside you know yourself and you're so used to your habit everything happens in slow motion you don't see the the sped up change in your change. process but you're you definitely have stepped away from that 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 tightness mm -hmm. you know and not entirely but you you've made actually i think big steps oh nice that you know maybe you're thinking your process the tools that you use and how you go about it you know, because you are using a lot of the same techniques and tools. Yeah. You're not realizing that when you're actually laying the paint down, it's it's coming off different. It is definitely. That's good. Well, that's. In the past. That feels you know, good like to hear. Six months. <laughs> six, six, eight months. You've definitely like changed enough, like enough of a shift that, yeah. that I'm noticing well, the outside. That's like, oh, wow, that's. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that I, I, I strive and, and, uh, well, you know what? I don't want to speak for any other artist, but I really like personally for myself, for every body of work I do, I'm hopefully uh, doing something that's different within it, you know, where it's where it's growing in some kind of way or I'm finding something out different within it, you know, and uh, and uh, and I guess I, I don't know. I guess that's the best that I can hope for within myself of of uh working because i never oh, want each, you each know. work doesn't have to even be, like be different too because it's it's a it's the long game man it, it takes a while to yeah for that evolution to happen it doesn't happen in a day it doesn't happen sometimes in a half of a lifetime mm -hmm. you know to to really make that shift make yeah. it shift the change yeah and because, i think that uh, you no, go, go ahead no 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 so I remember um, seeing this interview, I think it was Dave McKean that said that art is not a speed run, speed run but rather a marathon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not about, you know, this, the speed in which you complete the course, but rather how you manage to get that, you know, that grit and that drive to stay on course mm -hmm. endurance mm -hmm. it's the it's an yeah. endurance yeah yeah and it's patience it's a lot of patience involved because if you're expecting those results it's like the watch pot, the pot never boils it you you know you're going to be disappointed you're going to find yourself to be very frustrated with yourself more often if you're constantly checking to see have i changed yet have i changed you know it's like <laughs> the change will happen yeah but you know organic process is the quickest way for you maybe your change happens faster or slower than other people everybody's different rate different type and different speed but you know it's it's a, it's a long-term process awesome. and it's not a fucking race because it's not a competition yeah of course you know competition comes into play because it seems to just be uh, the the human condition to do such things yeah. it's like to to do better we do it to push each other and we do it to push each other out of the way people have different ways of going about it yeah you know? well i i think i think the race for myself is that i'm going to be fucking dead at some point and so it's like it's like it's like i'm i want to reach that like 
But and I know you don't ever fucking know, but what's the potential that we have? You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, you what do we want to get to and and that? So it's that kind of kind of mindset of thought, you know. And the scary and sad part about it is that we're not we're we're kind of just going in circles anyway. It's yeah. not like we're never going to reach a place because it it ends like that. You mm-hmm. don't know, you know, there's no finish point really. Mm-hmm. You kind of just keep going and keep hopefully you keep learning and keep processing information, keep gaining information, keep getting well, yeah, you the, know, the minute you, know, we, you stop learning, there's no point of even doing it yeah, anymore, you know. I mean, so. We hit certain levels of satisfaction and joy and 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 fulfillment. But, you know, you reach that fulfillment, what what do you want? You want more. You want more. I want to know what else. I mean, how how dull it must be to hit a point where you're like, I don't want to learn anymore. I'm not interested in progressing, yeah. even if it's not art, but in anything else, you know? And you're saying about like how when you were down and you were looking, you needed something to help you get out of that hole and you had teaching, you had that responsibility to other people, you know? Yeah. When I hit a wall and I lost my passion for work at a point, you know, I, I discovered another outlet after talking to somebody professional about my my what i was going through they asked me it's like okay your work seems to always be your 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 escape has been your therapy you always talk about how your art has got help you get through things and how you process things what happens when you cannot do your work where do you go to process the information where do you go to use your personal therapy and for me it was cooking food you know yeah you know, it, 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 it's it's so closely mirrored and reflected the, the process, the movements I do in the studio from recipes and, and, and things being very specific to things being very spontaneous and and, you know, growing, shrinking and experimentation. And that fulfillment and satisfaction at the end was a delicious meal or at mm-hmm. least learning, attempting to, like, produce something that, you know, you might get in a restaurant and be like, this is delicious. And then at home you do it and you're like, holy shit, this is delicious. I can't believe I did that, you know? And so I, when I, you know, don't have that desire, that drive for art, I'm not stuck, you know, with my feelings. I'm not stuck with my lack of satisfaction. You know, I'm going towards something else. I, I'll just, you know, put together a soup, you know? You know, and then you, you you learn or just look up a recipe and try to try to master that. You know, try something challenging. Try a curry. You know, try some Indian food. Holy shit, that stuff is so complex. And I'm not saying buy some curry powder. No, go make your own curries. You know, learn every little bit of ingredient and how to toast it and how to combine it. It's so it's so similar. You know, it almost reminds me of like when you're a kid and you first discover making art or whatever and you get so lost in it where it's like uh, a place of you're almost finding that again with cooking because i find that with woodworking or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like doing something that i don't normally do that much and you can kind of get get into that zone with that Mm -hmm. and you because you're hitting a certain serotonin level of satisfaction yeah that if you if i can't get it you know from my art which is always my go-to you know, and then it's good to have a fail safe or another another source of satisfaction, you know, because it's tough, man, to just rely on your art all the time man. just hitting that fucking pressure buttons like, yeah. you know, it's so great that you mentioned all of that, because recently I just got um, I got that 
everything that you said about you know getting a different outlet for your creativity, <laughs> and I'm going to be the geek of the group and painting miniatures and Gundam yes. models. <laughs> yes. So, so it's welcome funny to because... the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I I got a, a separate desk next next to the working uh, the, the the one where I use, do all my arting and illustration. And every time I get a chance, you know, I pick up a miniature and I kind of go into this weird Zen mode. Mm -hmm. Like suddenly, you know, even the pressure to perform in your art gets, you know, away when you're mm -hmm. doing this different stuff. And then you realize, oh, yeah, you know. I, I know how to draw and paint. Yeah, I can yeah. do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're relieving that pressure off of that, that, that muscle that you're so heavily relying on, you know, and you're, you're working your other muscle, strengthening this other part of your creativity, which is producing that joy. You've, then you find that joy and happiness that, you know, you're looking for in the process because if you overwork yourself doing your, your own work, that pressure, it's like you lose that joy. And you just you know put it into something else and i love kit bashing it's something i used to do after oh my, yeah that's my awesome. shows yeah. you know i would come home from exhibitions after all that pressure after all that like those weeks of intensive installation and stuff and i would while i was away i would go to model shops and i'd collect local models you know of different houses and and, and machines and stuff and then i go home and i spend a month just sitting you know gluing and painting and gluing and you know the same sort of like mindset, but on a completely different material. And yeah. it would just like, you know, ease back into that desire to work on my own work again, mm -hmm. you know, and just like get into it. And over the years, like I've, I've managed to take that same sort of exercise into doing like collage work. I used to only do tiny collages for like, uh, hot chicks or somebody who I had a crush on, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to make a tiny collage for her and be like, oh, maybe she'll go out with me, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then I would like do my large paintings for galleries. But, the, you know, over the decades, I married those two things together so that, you know, I could feel good. If I make a collage, I will submit that to the gallery, you know, mm -hmm. so that the same kind of exercise that I do to relax is the same kind of exercise that I will do to try to make a living. You know, mm -hmm. kind of thing, and you know, balancing those. But two you're things. able to kind of almost separate it too in the same way of keep, keep it At going the same because time. because yeah, because yeah, with me, I, with me, I think it gets to the point, and it probably a lot of you guys probably feel this way, but it's it's that you've you've worked on this craft and you build this thing for so long that you expect a certain um, high high place for it, right? So mm -hmm. if I'm painting, and especially especially if it's for a job that I'm doing, like if it's a commission or something like that, or for even a show that you're getting ready to go do, because you you have a uh, what the fuck's the word I'm looking for? You have an ex yeah. expectation of that. Now, yeah. if I'm making music or if I'm wor working in the wood shop or something, there's no fucking expectation because yeah, I know it's not really open. the yeah. thing that I do. You know what I mean? So it becomes to be a pure escape from it you know mm -hmm. and that and um well, I, I'll, I'll say then and i'll sound like a culty kind of guy because i'll say it over and over and over but i firm believer in the practice of of collaboration like hands-on collaborating with other artists on each other's work you know simultaneous collaboration is because you're not making your painting you're creating art with somebody else you kind of just set those rules that you set for yourself aside and mm -hmm. you just like 
whatever happens happen mm-hmm. you know and and get used to doing that because you get so you go in your studio you're like all right it's my studio my stuff my pens my paints and now i am making yeah. my painting yeah you know but and it's funny because there's nobody watching but you're really put that pressure on yourself to make one of your paintings but when you work uh, like in tandem with somebody else who's with you then you could kind of just like do whatever you know it's yeah like there's, yeah like anything goes and that practice of that has taught me to like really let go to be in the room with myself alone and let go of my like rules mm-hmm. and remember the process of how I work, you know, spontaneously with mediums that I'm not comfortable with, with mediums that I'm not used to and letting that dictate the work that I plan on, like considering my work, work. you know, yeah. not just like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm not just making collages for hot chicks anymore. I'm <laughs> like trying to, to like get a show <laughs> you know? or I'm trying to. Yeah. 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 Have, have, have you done much of, of that Samuel uh, collaborate with people and like uh, oh. on art or. No, I'm terrible about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 other than David, really, I haven't really done it much myself either. You know? I, 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 yeah. It's, but... it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a hit or miss kind of situation. You know, you could be, it, it's like being, I, I compared it like being in a band. You know, some people can jam together. Some people just can't jam together, mm-hmm. but they can jam maybe with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some people work great in a trio. Some people work good with like five people. Some people look good with just one other person. You know, it's very, you know, specific to the who's involved kind of situation, you know? Yeah, in terms of collaboration, what I really find really rewarding was, um, you know, working in a book and there's different illustrators involved. Mm-hmm. And what I like, what I especially like about this kind of project is that the art director will pick out a lot of people who had rather different styles mm-hmm. of, of uh, you know, art styles the and techniques yeah yeah exactly and you get to see different points of view of the same subject mm-hmm. and that it's so at the same time it's a kick in the nuts because you realize oh my god what i didn't think of this yes or what? i i get to get as good as this guy and also it's so rewarding because you get to see how rich life can be if you uh, the more points of view you have on one thing exactly yeah yeah and and, so, and it's totally liberating it's yeah. totally freeing and and when you're able to paint something that you put your heart into and you're working let's say with somebody and they don't like it and you're not attached to it you're not you're not so married to it and they'll be like and they'll just paint over it you know and being able to let them do that and then add their element on top and then you're like holy shit yes that fixes it that like I could not get over that that hump because I'm so used to seeing things in a very specific way, in my way, in my habits, and then watching hands-on that happen, and then you're alone in your studio, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to try that technique. Oh, wow, it works. <laughs> and then there you go. You got a new you know tool for, for, for your studio, and you're going to put your own, you know, spin on it and your own flavor, but, you know, it's like somebody's – Somebody, sometimes you need a nice smack in the face, like, stop it! Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. And you know, uh, group shows are also um, um, a good example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is essentially collaborating and creating this experience 
mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, but at the same time, everybody's adding their own point of view. It's not like everybody's trying to paint the same way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Especially when it's yeah. like a nice theme show too. When it, when yeah, it's exactly. A, yeah, yeah, everybody's going for this one theme, but um, you know, bringing the and, and hopefully you have a creative curator in that situation because sometimes you just got such a shitty curator. And it's like <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like a mess. It's like oh fuck, it just everything just turns to mud. It's like it there's no thread. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's another thing. Like people, it's like I can curate. It's like no, you. Fucking pants. <laughs> you actually, it's not, you're not decorating a living room, you know? You gotta have a little bit more, you know, balls than that to mm. it. You gotta have some substance. To, otherwise, it's just like, it's a room full of paintings. Yeah. But if you harmonize it in something that is, you know, they're not all the same, but they do hit a tone that resonates nice, you know, that's, that's a, that's a beautiful act of collaboration for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Certainly. Yeah. Learning, learning from others. What did you I'm learn fair. today, David? What did you... <laughs> oh man, I learned that. I, I learned that I gotta, I gotta remind myself. Well, that I did remind myself again that I gotta explore after this show, though, because okay, I gotta finish this show first. Always <laughs> after the show. Always yeah, I like know, I know. Well, I already have something that's like working. You know, there's this thread that's going. Yeah, through but this after the show, you're gonna be bored with it, and you're gonna be like, ah, I'm not even gonna bother. <laughs> Well, I actually have a project after this that I can uh, kind of experiment with. So I'm hoping to uh, uh, explore, oh, be, you know, some more freedom within the work and that. So, can you give us a hint on to what uh, what your experiment is uh, for a movie? Some... A movie? Oh, yeah. So uh, making a movie or, or no, or... no, no, no. Uh, doing some doing some artwork for a movie. Oh la la. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, but, but it's it's uh, they're kind of giving me way freedom with it, so I can kind of uh, uh, go in it and see what happens, you know. So, oh, and I, I also, I, I also know, I also know for what they want, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> so I do have to explore something that's a little bit more quicker moving and stuff. You know, you guys with your undisclosed information, you're so mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so be on the lookout for some sort of book, yeah, and yeah. also so, look out for a movie, yeah, because. Yeah. 2029 <laughs> might be behind it. <laughs> my mystery is i have a mystery too it's like i have no idea what i'm gonna be doing like the next year i have no idea yet again that's good that's good i I found myself by um in that situation quite a lot of times (laughs) more than i care to admit but it's actually good yeah it's nice yeah it's a bit it's a bit you know too much at times but I, i miss having the discipline Sometimes of, of like, um, you know, deadlines and stuff like that. And, and I get involved in smaller projects to keep that going. Yeah, well, that you, you always allow yourself about. to give yourself deadlines, though, no matter what, it seems like. Yeah, but I'm also, I, you know, I'm, I'm either sick of disciplining myself and punishing myself for not doing it, mm-hmm. or I'm being a very lax boss about it and be like, eh, take yeah. another week. Yeah, take it, another but, week. Yeah. You know? Samuel, you seem like that though too. Where like, you were talking about doing that, you 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 commit to doing a sketch a day or or yeah. a, a piece a day, and that. So is that something that you kind of continue to do all the time? If 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 you don't have any current projects that you have a deadline for, will you set your own deadlines? 
Yeah, um, totally. Um, my idea is actually to uh, try to <laughs> try to make a collection of these little monsters and maybe publish it someday in a book. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking at at least a hundred or six uh, sixty pain paintings, wow. mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. Um, so far, I got fifteen. So yeah, <laughs> you're, you're well on your way. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Event eventually it's going to, um, you know, it's going to come out. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah, a key yeah. part. Eventually. Yeah, well, eventually. It's, still, it's good to have that knowledge of, like, at least you know there is a project that you can work on. So when you do wake up to hit the studio, there's, there's always, already something on the table yeah. to work on. Yeah. And you can be like, nah, you know what? I'm actually going to work on a painting. But if you don't have anything else driving you, you at least have that project, you know? going yeah. i like to have at least a drawer full of those projects you know going but then i wind up kicking myself in the ass because i'm like fuck now i got like 10 projects that i really like going at once i'm like i can't give one of them up and i'm like shit and before you know it you know 12 months are gone and like <laughs> another year older and <laughs> i'm not i'm not on on the working side of it too uh this is a question that I wanted to ask you. Are you are you a seven day guy? Are you a five day guy? Are you a six day guy? Like, do you work every day? Uh, who are you asking? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm so, I know about this guy. He's working all the time. <laughs> uh, about, about you, Samuel. Do you do you, do you give you give yourself a day off a week or? Much um, I used I used to be a seven day guy, but then I realized, okay, this is actually not that good for your life yeah. <laughs> in general. Yeah. So what I try to do is, you know, at least, you know, the, the five working days of the week, I hit it hard. Mm -hmm. uh, from time to time, I will get a project that I will get so excited that, you know, it's more fun than fun than playing yeah. video yeah. games or whatever. And yeah. I will spend, you know, the weekend working on that. But I try not to do that. Uh, um, and if I do that and, you know, if I, I'm working seven days a week, I actually... I always make sure that I, I, I actually get a good night of sleep. sleep. Yeah. And I, I, I don't pull um, all-nighters. All yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those so are that killer. Like Stupakis. That's yeah. all Stupakis ever does. He what? doesn't sleep. No, not me. So <laughs> this is an energy he has. This is delirium. Maybe he's, he's a vampire. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, um, um, that was I another question I have for you, too. What yeah. is your work schedule like, as in, like, hourly? Like, do you are you are you an early riser, and do you work eight hours a day? Do you do five? Do you do, like, fucking 16? I mean, granted, it probably all depends on the project and on the deadline, obviously. You know, sure, but. yeah. Well, um, if I, I usually get a lot of, no, not a lot, but from time to time, um, I'm, very often I get a lot of emergency work. That you know, uh, one artist drop off now. the project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we needed for yesterday. Uh, sure, I can do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for that sort of stuff, I wake up early. I get. Uh, I work all day. I get to bed early. Um, but I kind of hate the mornings. So mm -hmm. wherever I can, I just get uh, get up at noon and work until midnight, uh, early midnight. Then mm -hmm. I play a video game or two, and then just um full debt on the floor no yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah how about when you're working do you do you um do you like do you usually have music going do you have movies yeah, going? I, I usually what keeps uh, you company oh uh, what keeps well, you company? 
I usually have a um, I listen to a lot of black and death metal, heavy metal, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, even if I've been lately, I've been listening a lot to the Sisters of Mercy. Mm. Well, God bless you. Um, little goth, uh, a little romantic. <laughs> yeah, totally. Watch out for my eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> you can borrow mine. Yeah. I, oh. I think you can jump to Vitus, though, if you use my eyeliner. <laughs> Uh, uh, lately, I've been listening to audiobooks and podcasts. So you guys are usually Mondays when I start working. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, audiobooks. Yeah, me too. I'm a huge audiobook guy. Yeah, those are awesome, especially when you know you got a, a great narrator. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Which which reminds me, Hawkbomb just turned me on to, uh, which is so funny because I knew, I watched this YouTube video about a long time ago, but I didn't realize it was this whole philosophy of this book that was written back in the 1940s. But um, mm-hmm. uh, what was it, David? A, 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 a uh, man it's of Joseph a- Campbell. It's Joseph Campbell's Heroes of a Thousand Faces. That, oh. Uh, you know, he did The Power of Myth, he, and he's, uh, you know... If, philosopher of of religion and mythology and and all this kind of stuff and he did the um his his book which is a study on history and and mythology the hero of the thousand faces which pretty much created this sort of template of these similarities of mythology throughout history which is like uh you know becomes the template that you see in movies from Star Wars and, and you know, oh, yeah. epic tales, you know, the hero and, you know, the trial and, you know, the... Tribulation the, the, and... The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the failures and the... Yeah, the, the, the journey of the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but... But yeah. so with narrators, it's great. It's got three narrators, but it's fucking... It's, it's heavy, though. It's hurting my brain, <laughs> too, at the same time. <laughs> no, it's good because you you asked me about that book, the uh, the lives of the artists, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I just started reading it again because you brought it up, and I haven't looked at that book forever because I, I I didn't think that would be a good audio book, and it totally wouldn't because I've been reading it, but I'm <laughs> sitting with the computer, and I have to keep looking up because they the the guy he's talking about these descriptions of paintings over, and you don't have the painting, so I'm like every other word like sentence oh you're like like what the fuck is he talking (laughs) about and the drapery around the foot was just so and like just so what just (laughs) so and so i'm like okay you know google Uh, so that would not be a great audiobook because i think it would be frustrating (laughs) of them talking and referring to these paintings that you have to look at if anything i think it would be a very distracting audiobook to use so yeah yeah. I'm glad you can go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but so that other one's freaking awesome. But I, I think the audiobooks are great because it's it's that distraction where um I don't know about you guys, but where there was for the longest time when I would listen to music, uh, and especially if it wasn't a new band or something that I wasn't already familiar with, I knew the music so well that it kept me super conscious of what I was doing on the uh on on the painting that i was working on where with the audiobook you begin to fall into the story so lost in it that you're unaware of what you're even doing anymore you know well, yeah you're, you're on autopilot yeah you're, autopilot and that's the you know that's the best way of creating your hand so. sort of just sort of you're not you're not one thought ahead of your brain you're yeah. not like walking two steps in front your brain is actually leading you, you yeah rather yeah. than you leading your, your your brain yeah 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 so no that good. doesn't happen to me no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sure. 
So I was listening to this audiobook that I'm going to recommend to you guys. Um, it's called The Ritual by Adam Neville. They got the movie in Netflix right now. Okay. Somebody else is just re uh, recommending that movie. Yeah, and you know, I read the book and then I got the audiobook. And the audiobook is great. Um, the guy who reads it, it's awesome. But the only thing that kind of disturbs me is that he he he's you know describing this ghastly situation this tale of terror and monstrosity uh but every time he's got to start a new chapter he's like the most cheerful guy on earth it's like <laughs> chapter two <laughs> it's probably like he, they record okay first we're going to record you saying all the chapters names yeah you know? yeah it's like super happy and then <laughs> he proceeds to you know, tells the story of how this guy died, and it is... <laughs> and the movie is also. Um, I really like the movie. Huh? If you like horror movies, check yeah. it out. Yeah, I think we're all Swedish. on the same page with with monsters and and, and yes. dark dark things. Oh, um, totally. And we all need a good horror movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, because horror movies end. You know, <laughs> it's not like life. That's, that's the nicest part about like that separation. With Unless you're movies. talking about Hellraiser, and then yeah. you're, you're fucked. They just keep making them yeah. all. No, please stop. <laughs> please, somebody stop. I think that even Clive Barker wants it to end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. I'm sure he probably sold his rights away, so that's why they keep Oh, them yeah. <laughs> that's Hollywood. Oh, well, we're about an hour. Oh, we're almost two hours in. How are you, you guys feeling? I'm exhausted. But why don't you <laughs> let us, let, let people know how, how we could find you. How, how, how can people, you know, now that they're listening to you go on and on and on and on, oh, look on. at your work. How can people find you? You know, you're obviously got a website. You know, plug it. It's time for your plug. Yeah, you can go to www.samarayaart, and you can follow me on Instagram as Sam Araya Art as well. And you can also follow me on Facebook because we know that Facebook fucking sucks right now. And <laughs> instead, yeah. you just have to, you know, find me Samuel Araya in yep. Facebook and just follow me. I would love to have you all as friends, but sadly, I'm nearly my friend. Well, no, you it. can still make that like thing, though. You make the like thing on it. Oh yeah, the, the so they can still follow. Yeah, yeah, they can still follow yeah. you even if you're even if you're at your limit. So yeah, but but you know, lately these um, social media has been I know. Um, too bad. so terrible. <laughs> no, it's it's really one of the the, the most frustrating modern um you know conundrums is social media the love and hate of it or the need the, the hate of it and the necessity i don't love it's, it at any point but yeah. i find myself needing it because we do need we we wind up like we're, we're thrilled with the idea of communicating with one another and sharing and trying to make a living you know yeah. depending on it but it's such the way that the, you know it's set up and, and the algorithms and the and and the the, oh. the malicious undertones, the malicious goal mm -hmm. of the companies of them. The mm -hmm. real the real, you know, it's 
it's there it's will like be your, something it's new. like your racist yeah. grandparents yeah. that you see at the holiday <laughs> dinner yeah. it's like oh yeah. i love you just like <laughs> just like friendster and myspace and everything else the, the, the sooner the, i think sooner than later too at this point because everybody's getting so tired of of of, of the way it's being used right now There'll be something new soon that we'll all be using to promote and to, you know, to, to, to connect and all that stuff, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, we will, we would anyway, you know, there yeah. are ways, there are ways it's, it's being like forced yeah. and like almost feel like we're so fucking spoiled and we're so entitled that we need to be forced to work for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't mind because I grew up working for it. I'm, I'm ready to go toe to toe with some of these little fuckers who don't know how to wipe their own ass you know let's let's go let's let's pull the plug on a few things and let's see how we get along you know? i'm down <laughs> i'm down with the clown down to clown yeah you guys like the insane clown bossy i gotta tell you man <laughs> yeah, that sounded kind of you know down with a clown sounded kind of kinky huh? i know well, it's, it, it, is is kinky. it is kinky, man. It's if me. that is your thing, well, <laughs> it's not. But I like to watch. Oh, okay. I like it when it's somebody else's thing. Oh, you should, you should go to Tijuana anyway. <laughs> Samuel, thank you very, very much for like hanging out with us. It's it's oh. been really great to finally see your face and and talk to you after being, you know, a, a, a virtual friend and admirer of your work. I have you hanging in my bedroom. Uh, oh. <laughs> you're, you're down with the clown and you don't know. <laughs> totally. uh, well, guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, it, it felt like hanging out with an old friend. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I love you guys. And, you know, anytime you guys uh, want me to have him to, you know, keep killing and... Dismembering the English language shall be more than eight to jump. Stop it. Stop <laughs> Shit. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. So, and maybe, you know, if it, definitely be in touch with us when you're when you're coming to New York again or something like that. Because oh, I'm not in New York anymore, but I'm close, you know, and, and I, I need I need a good reason to get the fuck out of my house because I don't leave this place. Somebody take me away from here. <laughs> Okay, me and David are going to be dressed as clowns then. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I hope it felt more like a conversation than an interview, brother. Yeah, no, no, totally, totally. I love it. <laughs> All right, awesome. We'll see you soon, man. All right, pizza time. Oh, I love you. Thank you. Bye. And, uh, make it easy. Yeah, well, well, I, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to make sure that you know we ended this last podcast with um, a shout out to everybody who contributed to the to the last uh, Q and A, and um, and to mention it was uh, Victoria, Alexandra, and Andrew, and um, I, just off the top of my head, I, I would just want to let them know I got I got their names written down and they're on my <laughs> fucking list. I got these fuckers on my fucking list, okay. <laughs> And what I'm going to do with this list, my idea was eventually down the line, you know, throw these names in a hat and I'm going to pull a raffle. Ooh, you know, I think I like we should that. send send some 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 listener appreciation art, you know. Yeah. So and hey, I da wanted... David, we got your question, too. And we're, we're going to jump on that in the next episode because we felt like we didn't have enough time. Oh, yeah. To, Irish to, David. To dig yes. into that. So we're going to dig into that in the next For episode. Sure.
everybody's name, everybody who you know, you're going to get mentioned. You're getting your question on on the air, so to speak. You're 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 in the you're in the hat, and we're going to pull your name out of a hat. We'll probably do a live video poll of it, so we know that you know nobody's uh you know fixing. It's not rigged. <laughs> we'll keep it clean. We'll keep it clean. Yeah. But and and encourage people to keep sending in questions. Um, and you, you can do that by emailing us at gimmebabble at gmail.com mm -hmm. and through our Twitter at gimme, uh, at gimme babble. Yeah, please write to us and appreciate you us, uh, listening. And uh, thank you to Samuel Araya for joining us. Uh, yeah, that was great. awesome. We got some, we got some great guests coming up in the next uh, few weeks. We're not going to tell you who they are until they are, but I can tell you, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of times. exciting, different yeah. uh, melange of talents and um, thank you for letting us rant a little bit uh, because – Yeah, it's a long episode. It was a long episode. So we, we uh, are excited for you guys and, and, and to take the ride with that. So thank you. Yeah. All and, right, and, Hey, one more thing too. Hey, guys, yes. one thing that helps us out tremendously is if you uh, subscribe – uh, mm -hmm. to give me babble on uh, either iTunes or or if you follow us on um, SoundCloud as well as leaving comments on iTunes is great because it helps us yeah. get uh, higher ratings in there and it uh, when you get higher ratings on iTunes it allows your podcast to get seen a lot easier so. yeah and we we you know we want to keep doing this and we appreciate all the help we can get from from your side whether or not you agree with our political <laughs> stance yeah, because well, we it's not go. It's not going to happen often, but you know this is just something that just so is so fucking frustrating, and I don't want to feel like I cannot speak my mind because I'm worried about backlash. I think that's part of the fucking, you know, the the program against us being able to communicate with each other because if there's no dialogue, there's no pro process, progress. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, I'm I'm that's it. That's that's my two cents there for now. You go. Thank you so much for listening to yeah, another week and lending us your ears. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send your kids to fucking Washington because they're uh, they can do more than you and I. All right. Love you. Talk to you next week.